0: hey what's going on with everybody welcome to tone Talk with mark uzanski and dave friedman it's episode 110 and we've got a killer killer guest tonight we're gonna get so geeky uh, (laughs) um jim gostad how you doing jim great
1: great good to be here
0: (laughs) thanks for coming on man really appreciate it uh it's been a long week uh how's your week dave
2: uh it's fine you know the funny thing is ever since i got back from my trip i don't really want to work (laughs) i know the feeling it's it's it's, it's, i'm ramping into it (laughs) on friday you're ramping into it on friday well uh, yeah ramping (laughs) into it all week i work tomorrow so it doesn't this doesn't count. all right
0: yeah um i'm like I was telling you guys offline, I'm done for the rest of the year, pretty much. I've got to, you know, I still answer email and if anything comes in, but I put my out of office and I'm, I'm done. So I'm that's why I'm drinking. My one beer.
2: One <laughs> beer. I have I have something better than that. Yeah, mm. I'm sitting on something too, so we're good.
0: What are you doing? We have a uh,
2: Michael Torin. Oh! Gave me. you can never gonna see it. Wait. The there you go. And you still can't really see it. Yeah, it's because you're too Royal, Royal uh, salute, twenty-one year Scotch of some sort. It's actually quite good. I didn't look it up. I don't know anything about it, but
0: hmm. Mr. Torrin.
1: And since I'm in Tennessee, it's a little single barrel Jack.
0: Oh, there you nice. go. Oh, I didn't know they did a single barrel. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. The
2: more high-end version.
1: Yeah, well, if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is Jack Daniel's rot gut, so... It, does,
2: it doesn't taste much different, does
1: it? <laughs> <No>. it, <laughs> it, does, it, does, it does
0: it? Does it Does it have much of a different taste? No. I
1: honestly don't taste the difference. It was a gift.
0: Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, obviously, we all love Van Halen, and, um, you know, I, I, it's crazy that it's been a little over a year since he passed away um, but I, I love your videos Jim uh, you the depth of uh, you know, degree. Just yeah, degree, you know yeah, the degree, degree. That you go into it yeah is really really impressive um, not just you know your theories and everything like that but also you, you know you're backing it up by showing all the different things that you do to get that tone and I really find it impressive because, I mean, I've been trying for years, but, you know, to little degrees, you know what I'm saying? Right. But you really took it to the nth degree and it's, it's super cool. cool. I, I really like it. Cool. Um, so... Uh, you know, the interesting
2: thing, the reason, the reason that I uh, all of a sudden just uh, messaged you out of the blue uh, was on your last video when you were talking about the volume pot.
1: Well, I thought it was now, my disclaimer.
2: Well, well... <laughs> No, it wasn't the disclaimer, but uh, the uh, the volume pot, the value of the volume pot. Mm-hmm. This is something I theorized forever. In fact, yeah. I was trying to talk Pete Thorn into doing a video where we we actually show the effects of uh, a different volume pot. Right. We'd like set it up with a pick guard or something and switch between two different things, and that you know maybe maybe we'll do that eventually. But uh, it changes things. It's not just oh, the top.
1: It is. It's, it, it's that lower mid bump that comes out. It, and it also what it, what really pushed me into it is, you know, how you, you know, you plug into top left on a super lead and you're running a a fairly bright pickup and everything's cranked, including the guitar volume. And you, and you hit, you know, you hit an A chord, you hit whatever, and the whole thing kind of crashes. It gets harsh for a second. And, i used to try to get rid of that by plugging into the bottom input with the top plugged in but the the bottom input not going to anything Mm. so you're reducing that first gain stage just you know by splitting that input a little bit yeah so that got me thinking well how could i how could i get rid of that that crashing sound or that just harshness i guess and and it popped into my head because i had done it years ago and i said oh that's right i was broken i had a 250k pot And I needed it, and I put it in there, and it's like, wow, there it was. So it's always Mm. that for me, too. It's always kind of like been there in the back of my head. And for for this one, I finally said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to test that theory.
0: I I think you nailed it. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 By the way, Dave, is your mic uh, connected, or are you using the uh, the camera mic?
2: It should be the one.
0: It sounds like the camera mic. Hang on. Okay. Because uh, Zach oh, what Sa- do you know? Zach Sabbath said, it "Sounds like a computer mic." Thank you for bringing that up.
2: Um,
0: and now better now now much better. There you go. Cool. Um, I John I was
2: that, and I forgot
0: to switch it back. Yeah. So it is two fifty k as far as uh what they're theorizing and i actually think i agree as well
2: well yeah. who knows you know you know here's the thing knowing Ed, it, it probably was a, a variety of things over time yeah uh, but the, but the theory is changing, constantly it. changing just like you know there's kind of there is a, a a magic spec for you know the amp that was used on records but uh you know the amp amps live were all over the place and what what they were i mean they were mostly just stock marshals Mm -hmm. um you know so uh know, everything changed right well i think what what you were saying ah whatever he felt like well (laughs)
1: right and what i theorized too was you know he was self-admitted you know all right so it's 1977 76 whatever when he built that you know he Ripped apart the strat and threw the you know put the PAF in it or whatever humbucker put into it, you know it's not like it is today. You know you don't you you just can't go to the music store or uh, go to Amazon and order a potentiometer. I mean that didn't really exist unless you went to a repair shop or something or an electronic yeah. shop. You know, so there it is. It's a volume knob sitting in the guitar. Would you even be thinking about you know I need to change no. the proper spec? Of course not
2: he's going right. to grab whatever's laying around and shove it in the guitar
1: right and that's what we all i mean i grew up back then i was you know he's he he was what 12 years older than me but i was playing already in like 75 76 mm-hmm. so you know i was going to music stores in the in the late 70s and and, and experiencing all that and experiencing what was there so you, i mean you barely found an aftermarket pickup in a yeah. music store in the late seventies. I mean, there were Demarzios. You saw some Bill Lawrence stuff. You know, some acoustic pickup things. You know, the uh, Marcus Berry something or other stick mm-hmm. on, transducers. But it wasn't like it is today, not even close. So yeah, if the volume knob was on the guitar, it was a volume knob, and he soldered the pickup to it. I think.
0: Absolutely right. right. And then then it somehow it probably changed later on. Tech or who who are him? Who knows?
1: But, somebody had messaged me on the on the YouTube channel that they said they worked at Kramer from like 84 to 91 or something like that and they had said that the um the Duncan literature was for the JB to take the spikiness out of it they recommended a 250k pot and he yes. that that's what was in Ed's guitar was a 250k pot with the JB and the 5150 guitar I don't know.
2: I believe it.
0: Yeah. Okay. I believe it.
1: I mean, that was a warm-sounding guitar, the 5150, from what, you know, I was never in the same room with it, obviously, except, you know, at a show, but that doesn't tell you anything. But just from video and just the recorded album tone where you think it's the 5150, it's a pretty warm-sounding guitar.
0: Definitely warmer than uh, the black-and-white, you know, Frankie. Yeah. 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 No doubt.
2: Uh, yeah, that was that was yeah. The Frankie was cutting and bright, and right? Yeah, open and hence Van Halen one, Van Halen two. You know, like the it's all theorized a little bit, but uh, yeah, Van Halen one actually hated Van Halen one.
1: Yeah, I've heard that
2: Ed hated Van Halen one.
0: It's too bright. Yeah. yeah, I I think initially he I I think from what, what I read was that. They were like, they loved how they sounded, you know, initially. But then over time, they were just like, they hated the the reverb. They hated this. They hated that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. know, they never yeah. got rid of the reverb. That's the other thing. You know, they never got rid of the chambers. They never got rid of the reverbs. They never.
2: I mean, even the, the later. Like that one. One. Don Landy.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was the style. That was, and that's it sounded. I mean, to all of us peons, it sounded great, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, it's legendary. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's uh, so we. Scott Brockway says he thinks Ed had a one meg pot.
2: No way. Nope. Wouldn't wouldn't would not it, never would have be, happened. Be so bright would never have happened because it wasn't laying around. Yeah, no that's way. the
1: other, that's the other thing. That's not at all not common back then. No. Not
0: that's very tr- that's very true. That's very true. So, um, I mean the amp's bright enough. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
2: you know it's yeah right well okay it's when you're dealing with 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 like the old amps and like his amp when I redid his amp for him uh it, it's a gainy warm yet bright tone but it's it's got warmth and and still to it.
1: They're round. It's it's not it's not thumpy metal like it's round and a little bit on the verge of being flubby.
2: Uh, it can be. Uh, not too much. Uh, right, but
1: it's a warm round bottom, right?
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a warm round bottom, and yes, I would say on the verge of close to being flubby, or some people that would play it might consider it the, you know,
0: mm-hmm. but um, but he controlled it. He well he
2: controlled it, but you also gotta think that he was also using nines, nine to forty originally. Mm-hmm. There's no bass in that in, the, in the, that set of strings, you know. You're not getting the same uh like you put a set of tens, there's more more bass to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I that that's another key factor always too, the gauge of strings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how that and the gauge of strings, and then that's all adjusted in how you play and how hard you hit. You can't hit nines tuned to e-flat very hard
1: well and he used scale
2: yep he used
1: mediums and he used thin picks too medium
2: yeah 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 and so it's all it's all kind of but it all makes sense you know it's always made sense to me you you have the lighter string okay with the lighter string you can't hit it that hard
0: and smaller frets you use
2: you originally smaller frets yeah yeah uh you use a lighter pick because if you use a if you used a super heavy pick, you're going to be knocking those strings right out of tune again. Yeah, uh, it it all kind of scales. Also, if you have super light strings and super tall frets, you're also going to pull it out of tune. Um, it all kind of scales. It's all it's all in proportion, you know. So, well, that uh, and the,
1: that and I think live he rarely played with the guitar full up either especially in the later years. I mean, around Fair Warning, that's that's what I was really digging into on this latest video, is that the first album, no, that's full up. I mean, every song is, you know, damn near wide open, except maybe Little Dreamer. I think that's backed off a couple of clicks.
0: Yeah, but, but on even on two, he, he kind of backed off a little bit, too. I know you're going like, yeah.
1: On a few of them, but yeah, but like Somebody Get Me a Doctor and that sort of thing, the riffs are... You know, beautiful girls. Those whiffs, riffs, are wide open. You know, it's. But yeah, there's some other things bottoms up maybe, where it's backed off a little
0: bit. I'm racking my brain on one of the songs. I can't remember.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> like, like, I mean, he used the, the volume pot all the time. Yeah,
1: he did. You
0: know, yeah. So,
1: which is kind of a lost art too, and I think that's a lost art with the modelers and everything else, and everybody oh, relies. So many rely on a foot switch, you know, clean, dirty, you know, off on three channels for this. I'm going to play my rhythms with this channel. And it's, you know, the old days of just adjusting your volume to get the tone you want. And how you're picking is, uh, you know, it's, it's rapidly leaving us, I think.
0: Yeah, that's true. By the way, I was thinking dance the night away because yeah. even the the intro, it doesn't sound full on. It sounds oh. slightly backed off
1: then it's warmed up and you can hear that because it's he's yeah he's backed off you can hear the pot warming up the pickup
2: right i always i always said he has you know he always had a multi-channel amp it just was on his guitar yep (laughs) that's true that's true well
0: like you said that's that's all he needed was just the volume knob and that one pickup and Mm -hmm. which is crazy um so i know Today, ironically, is a pretty uh, interesting day because they released uh, a flurry of videos or at least a couple videos of the EVH Iconic amp. Um, Have you guys seen any of the videos on it?
2: Nope. Yeah, uh, briefly. (laughs) Briefly, I was just kind of like, I don't really care. (laughs) I mean, it sounded pretty decent what I saw. I mean, I guess, you know kind of a metal amp you know i think yeah, it was
0: a metal amp yeah it sounded like a you know yeah uh, it, it didn't sound it didn't sound like this it didn't sound like my stealth um 50 watts it sounded different but was well, it wasn't for me but i don't think it's a target audience for no, like, i mean it's more of a, an entry level it,
2: exactly it's it's designed to be an entry level into the 5150 line Mm -hmm. it's it's and it's and it's kind of great for that for that it's great you know it's
0: fantastic you got to
2: remember what is it nine hundred dollars or something
0: yeah under under a thousand dollars i mean it's all tube tube tube, but it's part it's but i think the preamp is part uh solid state it's not all tube yeah there's only two preamp tubes in it yeah so it's some kind of hybrid um amp Mm-hmm. but uh but yeah and i think that's how they were able to to save the costs and keep it under a grand but uh, by the way it, it, it is made in china dave yeah yeah i think we just we weren't sure last time if it was made in china or mexico
2: so oh no i i, I thought it would be in china for sure
0: oh okay i remember you saying mexico uh, the other
2: own. ones are made in Mexico, but I don't think the price point is gonna come in right,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, we got a super chat, um, the tip jar, gents, <laughs> geek factor 11 tonight.
2: <laughs> we haven't cool. even got into it yet. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 not even close. Not We're even start close. talking
1: about bias and heater voltage.
2: Ah, uh, yes, on
1: the choke.
2: yes
0: yes there's there's all that (laughs) there's definitely all that and an amazing thing that and i I, maybe we can go here quickly first was you know at the back end where all the uh plugins that you were using for the recording and you know there's a lot of processing in terms of and not necessarily you know you're not doing a lot of tweaking but still you have a you know you have your your pre's and you've got a bunch of different things going on and also the sunset sound uh chamber and and everything over the plate um but today i saw an interesting video by wampler uh who does pedals did you see that dave where the eq matching where he took a guitar and basically it was like no cab or anything it was just a shit recording of a pedal right into an interface. And then he took the actual recording of, from a Foo Fighter song, but the stem from the Foo Fighter Mm -hmm. song of the recording. Um, And then he did an EQ match and it sounded identical. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to do that with a, a raw track from EVH and then just play a track and then do the EQ match and see, can you get that close you know, I
1: gotta, Mark. I got to tell you, I tried that endlessly when I started the series here of videos. Oh yeah, I tried using the the EQ match in Logic, and I just I couldn't get there. It just wouldn't do mm. it. It wouldn't capture it, no matter what I did.
2: We we we. And Pete 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 Thorn had some luck with that. Um, mm. But it, it you know it it kind of shows you some stuff it, how right. the like it, the the original. I think Van Halen 1, when you when you actually look at it, there's a there's a huge spike in the high frequency uh that looks like it's EQ'd in mm-hmm. to the track. Yeah, I pounded
1: um, it. I, I bump it pretty hard at five K, but then it, it rolls off heavily at ten K. And that's what I saw uh, on the on the spectrum analyzer doing what doing exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So yeah, there's a
1: there's like a big 5K spike, and then there's a little scoop in the mid too, around 800.
2: Absolutely. Yep. There is, and because because Ed hated mids.
1: Yep. That's what I learned. I heard that. told <laughs>
2: told to me by him. <laughs> so uh, he hated mids. Yet yet somehow he had a decent amount of mids early on. So um,
0: I was gonna say I don't know yeah. how that
2: worked exactly. I I think what he referred to is he certain frequencies of mids. He didn't like hmm and james brown confirmed that too that on the board they would cut a certain thing at a certain point i don't remember what it was now uh and then the sound there's the sound
1: mm-hmm. yeah
3: for uh, me, the it frankly was-
2: no one's gonna get it unless they have ed's hands right yeah oh come on it's 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 like you know and and you, you'd had to be, you know, go back in time and be there with all the exact gear, mm-hmm. the exact studio with the same mic placement exactly. Uh, you know, it's.
1: It is. And that's, that's the part that's, I mean, when I do these, I was, you know, I ramble so much in these videos. I try to give everybody a break and I cut so much stuff. I edit it out because I'm just blabbing and blabbing and blabbing. <laughs> But I went through this this whole dissertation about how I come to these theories or, you know, working this or that. I would, I'll record, like, I'll record the unchained rift 600 times. But, you know, in between that, I'm moving the mic, a quarter of an inch to a half of an inch. I'm backing it off the grill cloth, and you know, just for the proximity effect. Where are we getting the that sweet spot for the low end? You know, and then adjusting the bias in the amp by a few volts or, or moving the variac by, you know, five volts, 10 volts, something, every little process I do, you might say I've got a really boring life, but every little process that I do, <laughs> it's, I don't arrive at these things by accident is what I, because I'll have a theory, then I'll try to work towards that theory. And then it's most of them, they're just like, ah, you're an idiot. It wasn't, it wasn't that whatsoever. And then yet you discover something else. So sure i but dave you're right i mean without being in you know studio two room two in that exact position with that same equipment going through that api you know that whole that whole magical analog lovely stuff in there yeah you're gonna you can only get so close and then and then it goes to the mastering studio and what happens there
0: then they wreck it
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe.
0: So, I mean, how do you avoid that?
1: Well, <laughs> that's why I'm, I think I'm making compensations that when I'm doing these things, I'm thinking this is probably it because when I start hitting the EQ too hard, you know, I tend to think that's, I mean, that's the other direction I come from. So if I'm hitting the EQ too hard, I'm in the wrong spot. I'm not, because they, they're keeping it simple. And the mastering side of it, maybe it warms it up a little bit. Maybe the mids get scooped a little bit more across the whole mix. You know, how do you handle it? You just, I just keep listening back and forth, listening back and forth and, and between. You know, the, the ISO tracks that you find on YouTube are not very good. They aren't. I mean, they're they're fabulous as a learning tool. But when but you put an ISO compressed. Yeah, yeah and, and the EQ is not quite right compared to what's, what's actually on the album. So, I mean, it's a good reference point, but I use the album the, as much as I can, and I'll, I'll use the vinyl as much as I can. And then I go back and forth between what I've got and what I'm hearing. And ultimately, it comes down to your ears, you know, and you can do a little spectrum analyzer thing like we were talking about earlier to see where the, where the thing is. But look at the overall mix you can see maybe what they did with the mastering you know and you can hear the overall mix i think most of them are pretty scoopy in the mids
3: hmm. you
1: know and that helps that helps eds guitar sound too cuz it, it is more MIDI in the room cuz it's when i'm pulling the 800 out with the Poltec, it's it's hard to get it all out of there just with the, with the eq because the cabinet and the amp are pumping it out i mean that's that's yeah. what a marshall sounds like You know that that's one of its favorite frequencies Hmm. so
0: interesting that's really interesting uh we got a
1: geeky enough yet
0: i think so (laughs) we haven't
2: gotten gotten anything yet uh
0: gonzalo cordova's thanks for the super chat man uh hope you're well So, so jim when is the 1984 album journey coming up uh cheers I ate all your videos between yesterday and today. Salute! Happy Happy B, uh Day, Dave. Oh, Happy bur- Birthday, Dave.
2: <laughs> yeah, nineteen eighty four. There you
0: go. Oh God. So tax. all right.
1: So who's going to loan me the the fifty eight Karina V? I need I need that to do. Well, you
0: got you got the. Uh, I saw that you got the Greco right. That's have I, I got the Ivaness. I
1: got the Ivaness Rocket Roll sitting back
0: here. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But
1: I get, yeah. I've got PAFs in it. I don't have the Super Seventies in it, so. I don't know, Sen Japanese Senwood and Karina. Does it come close? I don't know. I mean, I, we can give it a shot, but then I need a Kramer Ripley too, so we can do Top Jimmy.
2: Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> oh, wow, you really <laughs> <laughs> and I, well. And
1: I think that was a Rolling Cube that he did that with. It was a. It was the Ripley and a Rolling Cube, I think.
2: I think, but it wouldn't have been in stereo in some fashion. I, maybe it was
1: two cubes there wasn't a yeah. cube or, or maybe it was a jazz chorus I thought it was some rolling amp I know but hmm I'm pretty sure I don't know I'm pretty sure you know yeah, good, but
0: good luck finding a working Ripley
1: you no know, I know Dave's <laughs> gonna build me
0: one <laughs> I'm gonna build you one.
2: Oh boy
0: <laughs> oh boy
1: sitting over here we can do it too so
0: <laughs> can you imagine the wiring on that fucking thing uh, you know, okay. what i'd
1: love i'd love to do 1984 i think it'd be fun but i don't think it's honestly i don't think it's that different i think what you're hearing is a difference in guitars you're hearing 5150. different you know, studio you here mm. in the studio different mm. console and everything but the amp, rig, the amp yeah the amp rig is the same i think he's back to greenbacks um you know there's a lot of harmonizer on that i mean there's a ton of 910 going on on 1984. Mm
0: yeah definitely but the more than any other album yeah yeah
1: but the i mean until you get to the hagar era but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but, but the well, base was
2: the bradshaw rack yeah yeah the amp through the Bradshaw rack in the studio
1: did he record it that way really yes
2: that's why it sounds that way
1: wow so he's
2: those were the 949s so that that was yeah that was that was the amp loaded down with a load resistor
1: hmm. foley or was it wet dry foley wet? loaded
2: down with a load resistor did he EQ then it? process through the through the rack and through an H and H power? Up.
1: Did he EQ the the loaded up nope. sound though? Because yeah. I used to do that years ago. I mean, way back when. And I would have to I ran like a rain thirty band EQ and started pumping it at eight K Well
2: yeah, yeah you can do that. You can you can do that because the load resistor is kind of uh shall we say um uh more compressed, smaller sort of sounding less opened up. Yeah. Uh, although it the amp was set at eight ohms into a 16 ohm load resistor at that time, which yeah. does actually open it up more. Does sound better that way with a load mm-hmm. resistor, but that's what it was. Wow. Bob Bradshaw load box load resistors in a box.
1: I thought he was still running the cabinet straight out or like a, like the Palmer, you know, you've got the through Jack on the Palmer PD. No,
2: I'm pretty sure not for those records. Because wow. the sound is radically different.
1: It is. It really. And is. it's
2: not even remotely like an head to a cab. I don't think so. Wow.
1: Well, that explains a lot. Yeah, I got that sitting here. We can do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, you know, it's it's funny. It's so you know, everyone's always like, oh, "Was this amp modded?" And this and that. No. No. Not. Not really i mean it wasn't modded as in a mod it was couple components changed here and there you know it wasn't anything um gain wise there was no master there's no nothing no and um but and then some people say well how do you get that much gain out of it well if you set one up properly i actually you,
1: i was gonna say i fight i get too much gain out of mine yeah I mean, There's just, I mean, there's so much on tap
2: there. I mean, the key key factors that I sort of discovered, and in the end, when I, he wasn't happy with his amp for a long time, and then I, someone had rewired it at some point in time with Teflon wire and stuff. So they, we had a theory about this. He wanted to put back the original wire that would have been in it, and we actually took the wire out of another Plexi. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's amazing
2: (laughs) like another plexi we actually took all the wire out of and uh used it in his original plexi again and then i theorized what the amp was originally which is a 12 series Mm -hmm. marshall um and would have been uh well they're one of a few couple different filter arrangements filtering arrangements um but you know settle down the 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 you know the 200s in series for the mains the 233s in series for the screens 100 in the corner Mm -hmm. for for the the phase inverter and then 33s in the preamp so that i mean that's the filtering that i wound up putting in it Mm-hmm. I had seen many other Marshals of that era with that same, you know, filter arrangement. Sometimes the corner phase inverter cap uh, uh, was a smaller value, like only fifty. It's not making that much of a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it does a little bit, but not massively. Um, and that, and also what, what I hypothesized from what everything I read and everything I knew about the man so far is that he always turned everything up. Uh, Everything. The bias, just everything. (laughs) Everything the max. And if you did that on his amplifier, if you took that at 120-volt wall, if you took that bias and made it hot current, essentially, Mm -hmm. or as he would refer to, turn it up, uh, You know, it came out about 80 mils with the set of tubes that were in it. But it, then if you drop that with a Variac, it settled around 50. And so that's how I set up that amp for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, another interesting factor that was in that amp was it the the original middle pot was not a 25K pot. It was a 50K pot. And... It wasn't drifted to 50K. It was a 50K pot. Mm -hmm. And it was the original pot that was in the amp. Um, Probably Marshall just ran out of 25K pots and just said, oh, just put that in. We got them. That's probably exactly what happened because I've seen several amps over the years that it's like, oh, we ran out 100K resistors. Let's use 82K in all the plate (laughs) resistors. Okay, sure. People wonder why certain amps don't sound as good as others. Right. Right. sometimes it was that Um, (laughs) but the interesting thing is with the 50k mid pot by adding that in you eliminate the crashing sound that you get with everything on 10 with the treble a normal Marshall I turn the treble down to like 8 because then that crashing goes away at eight it's still about the same but it just goes away 50k mid bot well you don't have that and i always was like and his amp i go i don't have to do that on his amp, huh then i started poking around more and it was like oh the 50k ah that must yeah. be it tried it yes that's it and um so you know that's the recipe and then you know I, his amp the first cathode resistor was 820 ohms with a 0.68 across it. When I do amps for people, I generally use 2.7 K. Um, and there's many other amps I saw of his that were 2.7 K. So it wasn't just, it just happened to be that one amp and that original spec had that. Um, uh, but a lot of the other amps that I saw were just, you know, stock, amps of that era that yeah, no no mods really just stopped mm-hmm. turned it on 10 and went
1: yeah, that's that's how i've got mine configured i'm 820 820 on the on the yep. on the front end um i've got the 50k uh-huh. on the mid but and you have then, a low
2: voltage power transformer right
1: i do i yeah. do but if without that 50k though it crashes it does does that same thing and
2: you turn trouble back to eight and it's fine then 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 it fixes it and that's what i do on some marshals for people you know just like yeah just turn it back and i found over the years too that some marshals do it more than others and it sort of depends on the pot values and if they're uh, they're kind of out of spec some do it less when it's way out of spec and (laughs) some do it more when they're right in spec
0: um what year is your marshal jim
1: Oh, it's a, it's a clone. That's a, I've got oh. I've got other real ones, but the one I, I keep screwing with is a clone. Yeah, I, I kind of built it. I, I bought it off of eBay because it had good bones. It had the good mercury magnetics transformers in it, and mm-hmm. it had some, it had some mustards and it was all sozo caps and you know mustards and sozo. It it just had good bones, and then I went through and did all my crap to it and kept experimenting with it, which I would never do with a probably. Well, I probably would. I'd probably hack up a, an original.
2: Say <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not. I'm not a Mercury fan. I'd rip those right out. But it sounds good. good. I'm getting the sounds sound. Good. sound. <laughs> good. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, well it's, everything's a little different, you know. You, it's all the same, but yet the low right. voltage and and stuff, so it matters. But you know, I still have this piece of paper. This piece of paper, which you're not going to be able to read. So, this piece yeah. of paper is all the documentation from Ed's amp. <laughs> Wow, oh, fax nice. that
1: to me, would you? Is there still a fax machine available somewhere?
2: <laughs> uh, fax machine, yeah. I'm going to have to go for that. Um, yeah, I, I kept joking. I, I, it's been on this piece of paper and nowhere else forever. And oh, digitize. Better, digitize it. It. Finally, finally, my buddy goes, "Hey, you know." You might want to take a picture of that or something. Yeah. I'm using <laughs> it for a coaster right now, right <laughs> <laughs> Just in just in case. But it, it's not it's it's not telling me much. It's just telling me the exact voltages that like so when I did this, I, I got pretty geeky about it. So I, I I um biased the amp at uh 120 volt wall at a normal bias. Let's see, what did I use exactly? I used I think I used a 35 uh, milliamp bias, right there on right his 6 a 7s and at a normal wall voltage. And his uh, plate voltage is is a little lower for that era amp, 463. Interesting. So, but uh, on 10, I measured what the voltage sag was for the amp. I like, I really went to it, and and yeah. you know the voltage sag of the amp was 77 volts. Wow. It would drop at full power. Wow. Yes. Um, and then I did the same thing at 90 volts with a 50 mil bias, which then in turn you have uh, a 29 volt drop at full, and you have uh, the heaters. I measured the heaters too. Heaters were 4.7 volt AC at the at the, the at 90. 90. Right. And uh, normally there were 6.3 exactly at 120. Um and then I measured, you know, the voltages through the preamp too, which is the key. Uh I find uh y- y- you know how how the voltage is across the board will dictate how that amp sounds. If it's too high, it's kind of strident and harsh. Hmm. And if it's too low, it's kind of furry and fuzzy and not not great, you know. Hmm. So getting the right thing so so you know at nor at his like the at the 8200k 82k 100k plate uh uh, the phase inverter junction of the plate Mm -hmm. resistors uh on his uh his amp at 120 volt wall red something if i can read it i'm blind
1: that's where the drink ring is from the the, the (laughs) yeah
2: exactly uh, actually, it read a little on the low side. It read basically 315 volts there. Uh, and that's a little low, I would consider. Um, and then, well, the Variac, that point read very low, two, 237. Mm-hmm. Um, but adjusting uh, the amp's voltages so it kind of falls into this, this thing is kind of important in getting the sound, too.
1: Yeah, I should go in and measure all mine, but I'm running the Variac so much lower. For, yeah. For,
0: yeah. For
1: for Unchained or for, or for I should say for the Fair Warning one I'm running. And that's that is honestly the only way I could get it get it to that sound was to run the it just starved the hell out of the amplifier.
2: At some and point I, the heater's turn off.
1: They do. They do, and I'm I'm almost there. I mean yeah. I could I could I think I can run that amp at about 61 volts. And that's from the wall. That's about as low as it'll go. I've got, I've got an old, um, like a seventy, a seventy six. What were they, the the two twelve hundred watt combos or the twenty fifty nines? I think is that what mm-hmm. they were called. It was the it was the super lead in the two twelve combo.
2: Yeah,
1: it was a, a hundred watt. That thing will run down to fifty eight volts from the wall, and it still sounds good. It's it's really wild. So, but I. <laughs> that's one of my questions I had for you is do you think that tubes were considerably stiffer in the, you know, back when they were manufacturing them everywhere and, you know, GE was still in the game and you'd walk into your music store and there'd just be stacks of, you know, every different kind of tube you wanted.
2: I don't know about stiffer, but they, they sounded different than what we have now uh somewhat um i mean you know okay so let's let's go back like you know early on i would venture to say that the first record was also not 6 ca 7s
1: i tried that too i tried the el34s
2: because his favorite tube out of his mouth was telefunken el34s and if you look at older pics from say japan 78 or whatever in japan or 78 in japan when when was that yeah yeah you look at those pictures those are all small bottle tubes
1: yeah
2: and that's what he used to use he goes i used to love them i used to get them from the tv repair guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh he goes i love those do you know where any are <laughs> no <laughs> those are really hard to find
3: yeah really uh,
2: but then later you know he switched to 687s because they were more durable and that's a pretty big difference. More scooped, uh, c- kind of a cleaner top end sort of, and uh, more bass out of the amp. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool sounding. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like uh, absolutely you have to have those tubes to do it.
1: No, that's what I found when I was going back and forth because I was – you know, I was rolling tubes in and out of these, these amps when I was doing these videos too, trying to find the best set and the, you know, the, the pre's and the, and the power tubes. And honestly, it it was more of a feel while you're playing than it was, I mean, you, there is a tonal difference, but it's nothing that you can't do with a, a, a quick, a quick little dial on the EQ and the, in the post, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, the EQ is very important. I yeah. mean, it, Let's let's face it, it's not the amp sounds great in the room, but it doesn't sound like it sounds on the record.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: It sounds killer, it sounds great, but it's not it's not that exact sound. And and you know they're tweaking the EQ. And so that's why you can when I know when guys obsess about tubes and all that stuff, it's 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 minimal. To me it's more about the feel, how it feels in your hands when you're playing mm-hmm. and what it sounds like. Right. You know, right. I mean you can get some you can get some really shitty 12AX7s these days that don't, you know, I think that's important to get V1 with a good tube and all of them actually. I mean, you have got to have a great phase splitter too. Your phase inverter's got to be a solid tube otherwise you know, my experience either it's harsh or it's mushy. You know, so you got to find the right one for that too. Mm-hmm. But.
2: And that's getting increasingly harder to do. Yes, it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we have a super chat, which leads us right into this question. Say no to Fizzle for the super chat. Thank you. Could you talk about the difference between 6A7s and EL34 tubes? It's my understanding Ed preferred 6A7 uh, and later 6L6s. So I think we, we, we just of, sort of covered that, that a minute ago.
2: Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that when you you were gone, came in. Right. I mean, this you know, the 6A7 is a little more scooped. It's got a little cleaner sounding top end. It has a little bit bigger on the low bottom.
1: Rounder, yeah, rounder. Uh,
2: a it, it's a great sounding tube. You can push the living shit out of it. Even if those tubes are 30, 40 years old, they're still probably good. Uh, I mean, unless they've just become so microphonic and so crappy, you can't right. use them anymore. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean I have a box of some hmm. that I kind of hoard and almost never use for anything. But I, I, but I have them.
1: You can't take them with you, goddammit. Occasionally for the right occasionally for the
2: right person, I uh I I'm have just outside of Nashville, just send them to me. <laughs>
0: so you know how many emails you're gonna get now, Dave? No, no,
2: I, I'm not saying I'm getting rid of yeah, any of these. Let's go to ones. private chat
1: for a second. <laughs> there,
2: <on. laughs> there, there, there have been a few people that came in with some amps that had 6A7s in them, and like one of the tubes was funky. And mm. then I, I would search through my box to see if there happened to be one match that I could just kind of sub in. and uh, you know, But a, a few key people. Right. Like, I don't know, Warren Demartini. Well, I guess, I guess <laughs> that's, that's not uh, you know
1: i'll just keep struggling here
2: (laughs) and then and then and then you know the the preamp tubes oh yeah that's another problem who knows what was in the the amp originally his amp um who knows i mean sylvania's maybe uh mullers who knows who knows anything could have been in those amps Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that's That's i've got sylvania's in this one some some nos sylvania's and there's And they're, but they're, you know, they're a little harsh. I mean, they're probably not my favorites and they're super gainy. My God.
2: Yeah. They're not always, they're not always that all that I noticed. Um, Yeah.
1: I go back and forth. I I, I go back and forth. I got, you know, I'm not a big fan of JJ tubes, but I go, I've got Uh a set of 12 ax sevens that sound pretty good. I've had them for years and I, you know, so they might be from an older batch or something. I don't know, but that that's that sounds pretty good it just takes the harshness out of that amp but i don't i don't do that for the van halen stuff because you want some of that harshness
2: in that yeah thing. correct correct the jjs are kind of fat and a little bit rolled yep sometimes on like reissue amps i work on for people and try to get them to get that close to that sound mm-hmm. sometimes i'll put a jj in the first slot and it just takes a little of the ice pick off and gives it a little something that the amp lacks because the transformers aren't as good and and things like that. <clears throat> um, overall, I loved uh, Chinese twelve X sevens for Marshall's. I mean, they were my favorite, but they yeah. don't exist now.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, you can't find them. And you're no. like talking the rubies, is that that kind of thing?
2: Well, Ruby Chinese or, or other, I mean, we, we use Chinese, uh, we, we did, uh, I mean, you know, and now it's become a problem in production amps that we have. It's like, Oh, so now I got to pick a different tube that I am relatively happy with. Maybe not all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and now it's even getting worse because now tube supply is low. So, so now, now we're really kind of like scrambling for almost anything that would is, get, creates a usable sound in the amplifiers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ugh, horrible. Yeah. By the way, uh, Roger' dad has a comment, and I agree with this. If Ed wrote crappy music, this discussion wouldn't be happening. Um, I agree, one hundred percent. Of course not. The music is obviously the most important um, thing, and he wrote amazing music. Uh, no doubt about that. Oh, um, we got another super chat. We do? Uh, let me scroll down. Say no, to,
2: say no to fizzle again. <laughs> Wait, by, I love that name, by the way.
0: <laughs> uh, well, first, it's Music Therapy Laz. He goes, okay. uh, just want to wish you guys happy holidays and great new year. Looking forward to getting my first Friedman head as soon as Dave starts the purge. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, we're going to do that at some point. Um. Well, that's cool happy holidays to you too man.
1: absolutely uh,
0: and let me find it uh oh there's another one from mr fizzle yeah Say know to fizzle which one is it i missed it
2: uh it's uh, uh it's tagged at 6 50 p.m so uh at least on my screen so uh it's uh, uh dave could you rec- recommend a brand of capacitors for recapping ahead ARS or F... Well, he says F and N, but it's F and T. Oh, I see it right here. Uh, uh, Either work well. I don't know if I prefer one to the other. I've done both. Uh, I don't know. I might say ARS. Slightly. I don't know. Maybe F and T. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I use both, uh, sporadically, depending what what I feel like. I guess
0: it depends. It depends. It yeah.
2: It just it depends. There's our shirt again. <laughs> uh, so yeah.
0: Oh, there's um, another one.
2: Patrick Miller is another super chat.
0: Yep. Did EVH tune to anything in particular? Um, is every string tuned the same, or did he just flatten the B string? No, there are sweetened tunings. Um. And uh, we can talk about it in a second. Some songs I can't get tuned perfectly with the recording. Yeah, so um,
2: that's because they weren't in perfect. No, tune. they they aren't. No. There's like, oh, here's the here. guitar tuned to me. Here's, so
1: uh, the, here's the 2012 live tuning that he used for the tour.
2: Oh, you must have got that from Milani. Uh Guitar it, Tech.
1: It, it actually, it was published.
2: Uh, oh, know. really? Oh, uh, it, no, it probably was Tom Weber.
1: It was premier, yeah, in fact, yes, who it was. Yeah. Um, the E, well, it's E-flat. he e was, they were at E-flat again for that tour, apparently, instead of standard. But the, the E and the A-string are right at E-flat, A-flat, no cents off. The D, D-flat is one cent down. Um, G-flat is three cents down. B-flat is nine cents, and the E-flat is nine cents down. And that's a good overall tuning to play all of this stuff live i mean there's different tunings on the albums for sure and, and alan garber is the guy you want to talk to about that but
0: right he's alan, got all those things he he published that on vh links and a couple other sites if you look up alan garber or garb Gar, J garbage yeah, yeah. garbage yeah um he's done he's but can you go through that again so i can write it down sure yeah so so with the d string is what negative one
1: starting with the starting with the low e i mean these are all e flat okay so we'll just say starting with the low e string it's at zero cents Mm -hmm. so it's right on a is right on zero cents the d is down one cent the g is down three cents and the b and the e strings are down nine cents
0: Hmm. okay Interesting. I tend to just, just do the B just for, but yeah.
1: This way you can play, you know, sus chords and you can play the, you know, the major third. Mm -hmm. They're not perfect, but they work. And you don't have to finagle and do all kinds of crap and then retune for certain songs. That just kind of, it's a good, it's a good patchwork tuning that gets you through it.
0: Yeah. The other thing that you could do also, I know that um uh who who makes that freaking pedal? Uh Strobe, uh no, what's what's Peter. the name of the Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, Peterson makes a um a pedal tuner that actually has the E V H suite and tuning yeah. as a uh, as an option on there. So you can just use that if you wanted to, um which I sometimes have done. It's on my board. Um so yeah, so Alan's actually Analyze that really? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Check that out. He's got a great video on it, actually. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he does. It's um, it's it's tuning. I think it's I think it's tuning offsets. Peterson strobe tuning tuning off offsets or something like that. And it's 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 garbage. I think not that the video is garbage, but it's I don't know if what it's his it? name or if it's, if it's Alan There's Garber or if it's if it's garbage. Here he is.
0: There it is, Garb E A J. Yeah um so he's alan is definitely the expert when it comes to the different tunings that's for sure and it was you know before i went to vh links i didn't know anything about that you know so i was like oh that's a freaking revelation
1: yeah i was i was a little bit like you except that i knew that in order to play like running with the devil and that sort of things you had to
0: play you had to and then
1: there's and then i would compensate Sort similar to that tuning that I just gave you, I would I would kind of flatten things around it so it wasn't so stark. If you played a traditional form chord, like a, a you know a suspension or something like this, just, you know a sus chord, so it's a it's a good workaround. But it, it's more than just flattening the B string for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Now, of course, for certain songs, it goes further than that. What, yeah. what, what you gave for live so no, I'll, I'll
1: tell you what unchained was too this is unchained is ridiculous it's it's all flat i mean it's it's call it e-flat but it's um it averages about 30 cents down so it's it's well below e-flat
0: yeah well, no, that's why so, it sounds d- darker yeah.
1: yeah so the the um the low e the d-flat is down. It's it's minus twenty eight, which you can kind of hear because he's a little sharp as right. compared as compared to the the uh, the A string and the and the D string where he's minus thirty one. And when he's chugging that that low D, you can hear that that string is sharp. It's like it's it's just it all. It's always graded on me. It's cool, but it's always kind of graded. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can pick on Ed too. Apparently, I can be super critical. Um, so it's it's minus twenty eight, minus thirty one on the A string, minus thirty one on the D string, uh, minus thirty point six on the G string, minus twenty eight point nine on the B, and minus twenty eight point seven on the high E.
3: Wow! <laughs> so I assure
1: you, when I did the video, I tuned to these things as I could find them, and. And just as a more of my notes here, um, Mean Street, and I just I just referenced off of the A string, as most of us guitar players do. Mean Street, I've got it. Um, the A, it's A flat, obviously, but it's it's at minus ten. I got Dirty Movies at minus ten. Sinner's Swing is like minus three. Somewhere in there, I got I've got it noted here is minus three to minus five, and hear about it later is is minus three cents too. On the A string. On the A string. All those were all those were referencing on the A string. So then you tune tune accordingly. Then to the I mean, do the math to that that overall tuning that I that I gave you for the 2012 live tuning and mm. it puts you in there. So I was always kind of wondering. He's got some at minus three and some at minus ten. I was thinking, well, I wonder if they just recorded those tracks on the same day. And he said, "Here, tune to me." Hey, Mike, tune to me, kind of thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, and was it just basically him tuning to himself? Is that really kind I of weird? So. I,
1: well, he always had a Peterson Stroke tuner. Every picture you see backstage—that's you know, true.
0: You, That's you true.
1: Can, you can dial in how many cents off you want. So I, I think he was much more. I probably started that way. That he was just tuning to himself and trying to get that musical, mm-hmm. you know, that musical temperament across the guitar, make it as make it as even as you can across the instrument. But I think eventually that, I mean, you, you can't do that live. You can't say, hey, Mike, tune to me. I mean, you can't yell across the stage and say, hey, here's, here's my A and that kind a, of thing. Right, stuff. yeah. So I think they eventually came up with the, with those set tunings, and that's what they used. Just Amazing. the theory again. But, but I don't know how you make that work in a live situation. when you're, You have to, <laughs> you know, you're throwing your guitar to it. I mean when you get another guitar back, it's if it's not tuned to something, you know, it's not tuned to what everybody else was tuned to. I don't know what it's not gonna it's not gonna work. So right it must have yeah. had some system in place. That's what I'm saying. Right,
0: right, right. For live it had to be different than the album, that's for right. sure. Right. Um so that's super cool. So how did how just we we haven't talked about this, but how'd you get into all this stuff? Like give us the backstory on
1: Well I um all right, so I started I don't know how far back you want me to go but I started, I started playing when I was like nine and that was like 1975. Mm-hmm. And um, a good friend of mine, brother from a different mother, was was a guitar player and he showed me bar chords and shit. And, that, and he was always showing me Deep Purple and you know the really cool music at the time. So I was kind of weaned on Made in Japan, that sort of thing. And it was it's Thanksgiving Day 1978. We go over to his house for Thanksgiving dinner, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of divorced kids, you know, and the moms and everything. And he says, Jim, you got to hear this. And he, and he drops the needle on Van Halen 1. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell is that? Because nothing sounded like that. You know, it's not, so yeah. that that changed me from that point on, you know, you know, I was a 12-year-old kid at that point and everybody, you know, 12-year-old kids loved Kiss. So I loved deep purple Kiss and, and anything else that was, you know, Ted Nugent was cool and all that stuff, but you know, fast forward. I just I fell in love with it. I saw I went and saw him live in '79 on the first world tour, and, mm. I, and that was life changing. I mean, it was lucky,
0: it, lucky you.
1: It was just the it was the coolest show ever. It was it was absolutely life changing. Where was it? It was the Dane County Coliseum in Madison, Wisconsin. That's where I grew up. So it was the seventh floor Sheraton from the Van Halen 2. Oh, yeah. Back. So, but that was from the 78 tour. They ended up at a local club called the Shuffle Inn in Madison, Wisconsin. Because <laughs> there was no room for them on the bill because of some noise ordinance or something like that at the at the venue they were playing with Journey. That was in 78. But So I didn't see that one. But in 79, so it was a life-changing experience. But at that time... I had already gotten into the Marshall thing. And so I was I was well versed in the 4 you know, not the non-master volumes. And we were we were fighting the same battle, how to quiet these things down. And you would put just instinctively, you'd put foam in front of the speaker cabinets, you'd turn them against the wall, you put them on the floor, you know, with the with the speakers facing the floor, you do everything you could. And I think I finally, you know, I was, I was, what was that, what was that Monty Python movie, Life of Brian, where he's, he's living alongside Jesus, you know, along, <laughs> it, I won't, that's that's way out on a limb. Anyway. So I was kind of mirroring, <laughs> it, it, I was kind of mirroring, I guess, some of the things that Ed was doing and when that, um, the, it was the 1980 guitar player magazine cover where he, he came out and said, um, that he's got like a stick of dynamite hanging off the back of the amp or something. And he says it's, and I think the quote was, it sucks juice.
0: Yeah. Um, Load resistor.
2: Yeah.
1: So I talked to my, I talked to my friendly neighborhood music store amp repair guy. And I had a, I had a 50 watt four holer. And I said, I read this in a magazine. It's Van Halen. Everybody knew Van Halen by 1980. And he goes, Oh, he's into some crazy shit. You can't do any of that stuff. And, mm-hmm. And I finally talked him into it and he put a little, he put a little oh my resistor, built it into the amp. And I started preamping my other Marshalls with that 50 watt. And that kind of sparked me along the whole, at that point I was fully hooked and I was trying everything. And I, um, I, I toured with that rig essentially. I had the 50 watt preamping a couple of Marshalls because by that time, um, well, I actually, year, a few years later, that's when I, that's when I actually got out on the road and was actually playing, you know, doing a tour and everything with a record deal and all that stuff. But I was always using that rig and I was always refining that rig, running it. Um, the, the 50 watt output dummy load was going into the rain EQ. So I was bumping the, bumping the high end to make up for the dummy load, what it was losing. Then that was running into a a Delta lab delay, like a whatever, whatever the popular rack mount Delta lab delay was. I had a symmetrics noise reduction thing. And so I had a rack and I was, I was, I was well, well along that path. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of where it started. And I, you know, I, I could go on and on, but that's, that's kind of where it wasn't. just refined the whole time. And, and, and I found tricks and I learned the tricks. I mean, by the time, by the time 1987 hit, I was pretty sure I knew what he was doing. I mean, I was hmm. pretty, pretty, pretty close to running what his setup was.
0: So I you're mean, an, early, an early adopter. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, and that's and we had to learn the you know the parts. That's why I put the disclaimer in the video too, because we had to learn the parts by putting the needle on the record, putting the needle on the record.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about the disclaimer, right? So, because um, I know when we when it comes to Van Halen there's always going to be the critique like, Oh, you're not playing exactly the right notes. You're not playing exactly the way it should be. Um, I'll be the first one to say, you know, I try to emulate it when I play, sure. but I'm, I'm not going to critique anybody because, uh, you know, that's just how I am for the most part. But, uh, everybody has their own interpretation for how he's playing it. And sure. you can look at the tabs, even early tabs were fricking wrong. Steve Vai talked on our show about how he tabbed out eruption initially. And he was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, you know, most recently Alan did the, uh, the tablisher for that. got published in guitar world, um, Alan Garber, yeah. but, so anyway, your your disclaimer is that you're not playing it exactly perfect to the album. You're doing your best simulation of it. Um, it's more about the tone. It's about the tone. Exactly. It's,
1: about, it's about the feel. You know, I in this day and age, I can't say cop the feel because I'll probably get arrested. But it's, it's about copping the feel of, and not playing it necessarily note for note, but capturing what, to me, what made Ed so great. I mean, there's a lot of things, but... It, just the style and the, and the swagger and the swing that he played with. Yeah. And so that's what I've always tried to emulate. If I, if I screw up a fingering or if I don't play a right note here or there, what I'm trying to do is always you know get the swing, do what I got to do. And to me, playing Van Halen is all in the right hand. It's not the left hand. Once you, once you develop some chops in the, in the left hand and you can play relatively fast, it's how you pick the stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
1: how you attack it, how you dig in. And how you phrase things. So that's my disclaimer: is I'm not gonna, I'm not interested in being a clone, a Van Halen clone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really not. That's not my thing. And I, I kind of did that when I was a kid too. I used to, I used to say, yeah, I can play that lead, you know, but I couldn't play the lead because I wasn't good enough. And but I, so I would play my own lead, you know, when we were playing cover stuff and that. So I. I kind of got myself in trouble a few times saying that, but I I try to play the stuff close. I try to capture the feeling of it, and some of the stuff I know I play right on. Other stuff I miss a note here or there, but I don't want to worry about it because I don't think it's that important. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is the sound. To me, this started out as a tribute. I because like I've known about a lot of this stuff for a long time, but I would never have done this while Ed was still with us. And
3: mm-hmm. So
1: to me, this was kind of when I came out with the first one, it was kind of like I was, you know, heartbroken and devastated like most of us were when he passed. And I kind of looked at this as is a tribute to him because it's his genius and it's and it's not just the gear, it's not just the guitar, it's not it's it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. So it's the spirit of it, it's the feeling of it. it's the it's 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 experiment take it out on a, on a limb. don't don't get hung up on the minutiae of if if the note is the exact note it's supposed to be. Just capture the feel
0: right because we were talking about this before we went live. Live Ed never played it the same twice. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, no, and he made mistakes constantly right. I mean right, constantly. Right. I
0: mean, so yeah, you,
1: just, you smile and you laugh about it and, and 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 just try to you know you just try to capture that feeling of what it is mm. you know it, it the whole the whole thing is a party the whole thing is is so vibrant and so full of life it's that's what you got to do don't sit there and and struggle on each each and ex- each you're gonna sound so sterile it's gonna be dull you know feel it and play it I mean if you're good enough to if you want to sit there and figure every every little little tiny nuance up, then have at it but I don't I don't have time <laughs> yeah I mean there's some people
0: who would right some there's some people who would rather spend their time doing that as opposed to getting the exact tone it's right. oh I, I, I gotta get the exact I, notes. I
2: mean there's not many people that can play this stuff period properly. Uh, you know. Right. Agreed. E. Thorne does a good job. Jim here does a good job. Alistrada, uh-huh. Alistrada
0: does a good job. Mike Himmel does a really uh, no. good job. He's good.
2: Yeah. Ch- yeah. Uh, Liquid yeah.
0: Charlie is really good.
2: Yeah. Um I mean, although he yeah. doesn't
0: doesn't play it the exact way. He does it his way. Um But yeah, there's a handful of guys, you know, uh, that that are well known that do it. But it's tough. I mean, <laughs> and oh so you going back to before you have you've, you've been on uh, the metro forum so that's I think that's where no, you
1: actually I never was. Oh, oh you, you were? weren't. I thought you no, were. No, that's the that's the everybody kept asking me that and I, I said what is this metro forum? I mean I knew I had I had read some of it. But no, I was never a part of that.
3: Oh, and I wow. never okay. And I
1: never researched any of this stuff like I said I was doing this way back you know, way back in the early eighties, I was I read that guitar player magazine. I remember yeah. recording um recording an album. I had one of these repair techs sitting in the in the the guitar room. first time I ever used a and That was at the time that we thought he was turning it up to 140. You know, that he said he was turning up to 100, and
2: at votes. one point in time, maybe so he was. Sid, was,
1: yeah, it's very possible. And we did that. I recorded a couple of songs that way. And Sid, the repair guy up up in Wisconsin, he was sitting there in the room with that blazing Marshall, watching the he's w- waiting for it to red plate so he could shut it off <laughs> if it went to hell. But mm-hmm. it's. We just kind of we kind of experimented and kind of did all this stuff as you would read it, and it was. I mean, when was the Metro Amp Forum? Was that two thousand? It's still it's still to this
2: day, but, yeah, it's, but it's not very it's not very uh, visited much anymore. Just like
0: most every forum, I'd probably now, say early early two thousands. Yeah, know, I've read 2000s. it. I mean, I've
1: I've now since gone back and read it, and and I've you know I've. There's some great ideas, some great theories, and uh, and I think it's a it's a cool resource for sure. But no, I was that's one of those things. That everybody kept asking yeah. me that. Well, what was your name on Metro and <laughs> It Was it me? It was there. <laughs> it
0: yeah, because that was one that was one of like the key places where people went to talk about Van Halen achieving the Van Halen tone. Oh, I
1: know. I know? think it's cool, and I've I've read some pretty wild ideas on there too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We got a super chat from Peter Urban. Peter, hope you're doing great. Uh, Congratulations on your baby, by the way. Um, Thanks for the show. Any tips on tube tube tuning my Dirty Shirley small box Wildwood and BE50 Deluxe? Also, is it a good idea to mix Greenback 25s with V30s? Yes. Um, Given the difference in wattage? Yes, you can still do that. Dave does that. Uh, yeah, am-
2: well, and as far as all your amps go, they already came with finely tuned tubes in them to begin with. <laughs> ah, so, I mean, you could experiment. You can play with different power tubes and things, see if you like something, you know, better that suits your taste more. Um. But, you know, um, you don't have a lot of choices, really. I mean, EL34s, Ah. I mean, I suppose what's out there in the world now would be eh el 34s JJ el 34s uh, the Mullard reissues, the Tung Sol tubes. I mean, there's some others. The Chinese aren't being made right now, so that's kind of out of the equation. Um, there's a new tube that's Chinese from TAD. It's a red base EL34 that sounds pretty cool. Um, they all sound slightly different. Uh, go go to Pete Thorne's uh, uh, Power Tube video and and listen to all that that we did together. I mean, we left the couple out, but we did most of it, and you get a, at least a kind of a good idea. And what you kind of find is that they all sound similar. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the old Mullards were cool uh the vintage ones and you know yes the old vintage siemens were cool um but uh but i mean the the new ones are they're good i mean they're not if you want more of the German, you know the 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 Siemens rft tube you go for the eh uh el34 works really well very reliable actually probably the most reliable tube i've ever used in 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 my amps um you know, if you want a little bit more of the Mullard character, the Mullard reissues aren't bad. Uh JJs are kind of their own thing, and they're really cool sounding if, if they're reli- if they can be reliable. Um Have we I, discussed- I, I, I actually like them a lot, but I just don't trust them anymore. So hmm. I mean, That's I cool. would use it personally in Maya, but I but they're proven to be not reliable unless it's changed in the last year or two good question i'm not sure when when you do big production that's when you find out (laughs) when you ship a thousand amps with eel 34s in them that's when you know Mm -hmm. so you know i don't care if anyone says well uh, jj's been fine for me well great yeah what you put one set of tubes in your amps and 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 yeah it's been working in your amp great you got one good set fantastic try to get a thousand sets
0: right work. and then you have a 10 percent fail rate
2: uh, yeah I, I mean yeah i mean there's nothing worse than that. i just got my amp i flipped it on one day it was working fine i flipped it on one day and it went poof <laughs> right Yep. And the tubes fail differently, so so we used to use JJ uh, power tubes, which I really, really do like. Um, we used to use those, and those would es- essentially work for a while, and then one day you just flip your amp on, and they go boo, and pop, and pops the fuse. Or they red plate, and they pop the fuse. We then switched to Chinese uh, EL34s for, all, for a while, the BSTR variety from TAD we actually were getting them from. And those were those were cool, except they sounded good. Except uh, a lot of them would fail if you if you're banging on them with a screwdriver, which you know to test things we do, they'd short. And so those tubes tended to short. But when those tubes shorted, they tended to short uh, power tube sockets, Oof. put a nice big char across them, arc weld. So. Um, that's not good. <laughs> they, they, they sh- I, I called them, they shorted catastrophically. The JJ's wouldn't short like that. They would just red plate, and pop the fuse and call it a day, and there would be no arcing of any kind. Um, so then we switched back to JJ's for a little while. Well, that didn't work out so well again. Um, and then, then we went to the EH tubes, which weren't my absolute first choice, but... I knew them to be reliable, and they—they. They, it turns out they're quite reliable. Hardly ever have failures.
1: What do you think of the twelve AX sevens?
2: I like some of well EH, just the regular EH twelve AX sevens, or like Sovtek in general.
1: Just the EH ones.
2: Uh, I don't love the the regular old uh, yellow printed uh, EHs. I don't like them. The EH70252 that came, came out recently, I do like the sound of those, although they are a little on the low gain side. But sonically, they sound good, and they're a little bit rolled off in the top end a bit, So, which can work quite well in some amps. Right. But what I noticed, even though technically they're lower gain, is I noticed that they don't necessarily sustain less. <laughs> gotcha.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so so because so, we, we did, like, you know, I, identical amps with the same set of tubes in, tried what we used to use. We tried all JJs, and then we tried all these, and these sounded more like the old combination, which was a JJ in the first slot and Chinese in the rest. That's what I used to use. Mm-hmm. And because just you can't get quiet Chinese tubes for the first slots of stuff. Uh, I mean, you can get some, but not in production. So uh, so then we A-B'd it, and it's just like, yeah, you know, the EH has still sounded big. Uh, yes, they seem to be less gain, but if you set the amp and you set the settings slightly different, and adjusted the eq a little bit it could sound the same and it seemed to sustain if you just you know slid up the neck and hung a note and uh, they seem to just last just as long mm-hmm. so less gain really wasn't a problem it just didn't seem like there was less sustain you know mm-hmm. so currently we're using those but those are kind of getting in short supply <laughs> can't win here
1: yeah i know
2: eventually it would be whatever we can get Put right it in Ugh. you know uh, uh that I don't absolutely entirely hate <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I mean the, the, the problem is is like we're you know we're the company that buys all the tubes out you know we 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 go through a lot of tubes mm-hmm. and like you know local suppliers smaller suppliers forget it we generally clear them out if you're looking for capacitors and and they're out of stock. It's probably because we bought them all. <laughs> so, that, so you know, that, that or I mean, Marshall or Fender.
1: You know, well, I'm glad I got your phone number now. See,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> you know it it it's uh it's it's an interesting time right now with with like trying to keep production moving. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very interesting time. It's like you know, I get you know emails daily. So we can't get this part what can we use in its place okay hang on (laughs) i gotta go looking all right so and so has these these will work fine buy them all (laughs) and then those are gone (laughs) they have three thousand buy all three thousand
0: um
2: luckily we're fortunate enough to have enough capital behind it that we can do that I, right. I feel horrible for smaller manufacturers that can't do that and then they're just they're just screwed. You know.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
2: Getting transformers is tough. For a couple reasons. Actually, the only reason you can't get transformers is because a big transformer manufacturer went out of business during the pandemic, and that was magnetic components. Uh, who supplied a, a lot of companies transformers, custom transformers and different things. We didn't use too many of their transformers, but some. So then uh basically all falls on Haybor transformers. And uh well, I mean, they're a small family-run company that can only produce so much stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now everyone's coming looking for, you know, things. Uh, that that used to go to magnetic components, and they bought some of the machinery from magnetic components. They bought some of their leftover stock and and um, metal and boxes and all. Why sorts didn't of stuff.
0: magnetic components go out of business if the business was so strong in terms of sales? Well,
2: I'm I'm going to theorize this, uh, since this this whole show is built on theories. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, um, depends. it depends. Magnetic components uh, offered a very good price on transformers, and uh, to be honest, I think they offered too good of a price. And in the uh, long run, the
0: margin was thin. That
2: put them out of business. Margin was thin, and uh, I mean, like, I, I, we're, we're like, well, hey, we're getting these transformers from Magnetic Components, and is looking at us, going, I don't even know how they're giving you that price. I mean that our our price, the raw price of just doing it, is more than that. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But it, yeah. it obviously no, didn't theory. work
2: out in the end.
0: It's a good theory. I mean that that yeah. businesses have closed because of that. They just un- try to undercut everybody, and then ultimately they make any money.
2: Yeah, you have you you have to be realistic about what your profit margin is to stay in business. Yeah. I mean, cause no. you, you, you can't, I mean, for, you know, everyone that says, I, I always get, we always get in this conversation about, uh, amp prices and things. Yeah. And you know, I, have said this a million times on the show. Uh, um, an amp isn't the cost of an amp is not the cost of parts plus labor to make it. That's just part of that equation. <laughs> You know, so you have overhead that is not factored into that figure. You have um, maybe a production manager packing, packaging people. None of that is figured into that uh, the thing. You have an accountant that is overseeing uh, all the finances of the company. That's not figured into it at all. You have the owner of the company that has to make money. That's not figured into it at all. Uh that, you know, all of them contribute to making your amplifiers, but they don't necessarily, they're just not, you know, the labor to that particular amplifier. Uh, insurance, marketing, videos. Mm-hmm. Video. By the way, videos cost money. You want to see videos? They cost us money. All sorts of money. and uh, And then there's a markup to the dealer. And then, you know, then there's the dealer markup. And hence, this is where this is what it costs. Yep.
0: This is that. Yeah, 500
1: bucks is a lot of money.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Uh, Charlie S has got a question for you. Dave, I'm playing a run 20 head. Do you suggest a closed or open cab with two vintage 30s? I guess it depends what you're going for, really. Probably
2: closed. Most likely with vintage 30s, especially. Maybe closed. Yeah. I mean, I I use Vintage 30s in my 212 cabinet because in that particular cabinet, I thought Vintage 30 sounded the best in it. So, you know, if if people question why, often I listen to the specific cabinet with different speakers Mm -hmm. because the cabinet design plays a part in the role of how the cabinet sounds. So you have to take that into consideration.
0: Mm. So speaking of cabinets, so I noticed Jim your cabinets uh to your right there, I think. Um or maybe it's your left, I don't know. Um left. <laughs> left for him, right for us. <laughs> right for us, yeah. Uh so you stripped you stripped off the the tolex um and I we I know we've had this discussion that you know Ed did that as well early on.
2: Oh, that makes a difference by the way right well, it's
1: it's hard to, it's hard to tell unless you're playing super super loud i don't, i don't hear i mean when you stick a microphone in front of it i don't i don't hear a big difference i hear more of a difference in the room okay and i you know certain certain feedbacks are
2: how the cabinet resonates it makes a little bit of a difference and 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 that feedback and how loud it is correct you're you're absolutely correct on that
1: it's very Um, subtle but every uh, what i keep saying about all of these tones is that it's it's the sum of all the parts everything is a little subtle right to it there's not one component that just gets you right to that tone and in my experience it's every
0: ingredient in the recipe,
1: and that's one of them and that's the the peeled cabinet there that's got the JBLs, the D one twenties in it too. So that's what I used on the on the, the first two videos for Van Halen one, Van Halen mm-hmm. two was the peeled cabinet with the D one twenties. Greenbacks yeah. and D one twenties. Yep. This one that, not this. No. Yep. Yeah. It is. It's I don't think it's very pleasant when you're standing in front of it. No. Not
3: at all. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not, not. I mean at all.
2: Those things Which are is probably those, why the JBLs went away. They're, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're hockey as
1: hell. I mean, they're, they're a little fizzy, but they're mostly just, they, they've got that mid range they're
2: bright. So,
1: oh, no. God. They just crispy. The upper mids are crispy. Yeah. saturation. The upper mids. Thank are you, really amp. got me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, really got me. And that's, that's a really good, it's like so aggressive. Yeah. Mm. That's a
0: stock amp. Yeah. Uh, how do those hung carpets on the back <laughs> wall affect your tone?
1: <laughs> you know, it's,
0: they help. They, it's, deaden the sound.
1: I actually, when I was in here cutting vocal tracks is when I said, I have to do something because I was, too getting, live. I was, it was way too live and I was getting way too much. So it's a huge, it's a huge difference. And I've got acoustic treatments on the front wall here too. So mm-hmm.
2: I like the yeah. carpets on the wall. So where is that? Is that in your house, a separate building or what is that?
1: No, I live on a, I, I own a horse farm, so I'm an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is my, this is like uh, my workshop, my business office and my studio. So ah. I, I built this building. So I, this is a great playground for me.
0: So it's separate from the house.
1: It's separate from the house and I don't, nobody, nobody yells at me and I can play as loud as I want because I can't get <laughs> awesome. my neighbors.
0: That's beautiful. So and, it's a horse farm.
1: It's a horse farm, yeah.
0: Are you breeding horses or uh no, i'm trying okay. to sell
1: them in fact i will ship some your way if you're looking
0: <laughs> i don't think I, I, have, I can fit anything in here anymore but uh <laughs> when awesome.
1: my daughter was young she said dad i want to i want to learn how to ride horses so we did the, we took her to lessons and all that stuff and ended up you know like an idiot i ended up buying a horse farm so <laughs>
0: You're but at the
2: time it. in Nashville, probably it was a reasonable <laughs> well,
1: price. It's been a home run. Yeah, it is. It's been. Yeah. I mean, I, it's and I love it out here. It's great. I'm, I'm I can be I can be honky talking from my driveway in 30 minutes. So I'm not that far out of the city. So it's a good thing.
0: Which which part of uh, Nashville are you? By the way? I am
1: just. I am. I'm in a little town called Fairview. I'm just west of you know Franklin. You familiar with Franklin? Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. My my cousin lives in Franklin. Yep.
1: So I am slightly northwest of Franklin, and I'm right on I-40, and I'm actually closer to Nashville than Franklin is.
0: Gotcha, right. I know right. where you're yeah. at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. nice. Yeah, That's cool. It. So you're right, right there. You can. If, you ever,
2: if I'm ever out that way again, I'll look you up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. we'll go. I'm sure I'd never
0: be again. out there again,
2: but yeah.
1: Oh, you got to come out here.
2: Well, I used and to go to Nam once in a while, and that was fun. But uh, you know, uh, a lot
1: of talent here.
2: God I don't God. know. Yeah, there's a lot of talent. You know, the funny thing is, like over the years with Nashville is interesting. I mean, I remember being there 20 years ago or something, and, uh, yeah, and it was course, a different dude. town.
0: Yeah,
2: different the honky town honky then. Honky. So you, you got you know you got where down where the honky tonks are. I mean, you had less honky tonks, mm-hmm. uh, and it more was more. Mellow, and it was like you know, great players in those honky talks, and you know, that you had, but now it's like Las Vegas. Oh, it is, it's not, yeah, they really like of Vegas. It's like they the, need get rid of the, drinking, Vegas.
0: the drinking vans or the drinking trucks, they Jesus need to get rid of those. Christ, I don't know, man
1: oh it, it's fun though come on guys it's fun, it really, yeah, it's I, don't fun. Want, I don't want to be down there all the time but it's
2: fun
0: <laughs> it is fun it is I fun go, i go right. down
1: there on sunday nights because then at least you're not like this in the bar okay, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah, right. exactly right. I, like i you know the funny thing is every time that i was in nashville i gotta come actually when it's when it's not summer um yeah. because every time i had been there it's like summer and it's like uh, it's hundred degrees today and 80, 80%, 80% <laughs> at least 80% humidity. And, Oh, by the way, we're going to walk from our hotel to dinner, which is, you know, maybe a mile down the street, but that's a mile and a hundred degree heat and humidity. Right. Right. And, and by the time you get to dinner, you're dripping.
1: You got to get on one of those, the rental scooters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I,
1: it's, it's funny. You say that about 20 years ago, you know, um, when my wife and i were looking to move we were leaving chicago it was time to get the hell out of chicago I've been here for about 10 years now and um, i i wanted to go to charleston or savannah or something like that because i love yeah. i love the south and I, I just i was done with the midwest and chicago and everything um she kept pushing Nashville because she was looking at real estate you know she's looking at franklin and everything and she's and I, I'm an idiot. I should have bought in Franklin when I first moved here. I, I bought somewhere else, and then. But I told her. I said, I don't even want to go to Nashville. It's a friggin' armpit. It's a shithole, because <laughs> of my. I played here. I used to play here 25 years ago, 30 yeah. years ago, and it was it was a shithole. I mean, it was yeah. horrible. I hated being here. We hated mm-hmm. coming. The band hated coming to Nashville. You know, you, even though we were playing decent, venue, we just didn't. The whole vibe was. It was dirty and crappy. It was just not Mm -hmm. good. We we came down here and we made an offer that weekend. It was like, what happened? The place was fabulous. I mean, great vibe and it was just a lot of fun. So, and here I am and and I got a horse farm for sale. You got a horse (laughs) farm. You got (laughs) lots (laughs) of space with with a working studio.
0: (laughs) There you go. Beautiful. I love it.
2: It's the it's the man cave.
1: It is. So what what do what do you do for work now? Sure. I own a marketing company ah, and mostly it's mostly print advertising. We were trying to produce a TV show down here for a while um, in a, in a guitar shop for the, the uh, custom guitar makers of the stars. It was called strings attached. You can find it at strings attached, tv.com. You can find the episodes because mm-hmm. you know, most of, um, most of Southern California eighties hair band guys all moved here to Columbia, Tennessee. They all live here now. Yep. I mean, they're all here. So we would get them coming into the shop. We did a couple episodes of Mark Slaughter, and yeah, you know, it's just it's it's just in and out, in and out for the for the whole thing. But that was not successful. I couldn't talk Dave Wampler into buying enough advertising, so there. I, had to, <laughs> I had to cancel the show. So if you're listening, Dave, you you know that's it. Mm. <laughs> that's all on him. But, but, prim- <laughs> but primarily, I'm I'm a marketing advertising agency.
0: Ah. Uh-huh very cool
1: specializing in the print side which is you're talking about supply chain issues and you know the the paper mills and everything
2: trying the to print side does print side even exist still yeah. it so is
1: do. it's it is and it's still huge i mean yeah. i print it like i print a ton of stuff for like verizon and you know the huge national 30 million oh, right
0: them. right that kind of print right stuff. Right, right, right. Right, right right that kind direct, of stuff. direct
1: mail stuff that hits every household and that kind of but right. yeah, it's been very challenging.
0: Very <laughs> oh, great, I can imagine. Yeah. Everything yeah. is challenging. It these is.
1: Days. It
0: sure is. But so uh, back to Ed, real quick. So um, your guitars. So did you? Were you as meticulous about the wood and what you speculated about what each guitar should be based on? Uh, yeah, when know. I
1: when I started to do these deep dives and I started to, I mean cause I had nothing but time on my hands kind of thing. I said, you know what, I'm going to, let me do it the right way. And from what, what, or what we at least perceive as the right way from what's been written and what the body woods are and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did the, you know, it's, it's all music craft, Northern Nash bodies, and a lot of, a lot of warm up boogie body stuff, depending on what era I'm trying to replicate. Um, but yeah, I tried to stay very accurate to the body woods and the, and the neck, you know, the, the maple cap fingerboard kind of thing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. The, the the proper, you know, even the non-locking tremolos are, there's 60, one of the, the 61 or 63 Fender reissue tremolos that I use, mm-hmm. trying to get the same cast block and everything. So, yeah, I've, I've been pretty meticulous about it. And the pickups, you know, the pickups is one of those things that's been a, a, a big you know speculation paradise out there and
2: it was everything
1: it was it really was (laughs) everything
2: and anything
1: and there you know i've got i got so many theories and so many you know if you've watched if you've watched all three of the videos the the van halen one van halen two and then the fair warning one you know the the whole the first the the first album I think was the PAF out of the sixty one three thirty five. He said as much, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that got rewound by Seymour. If that's who did the did that original re- rewind, which is what you know rumor has it as it was. We just wish Seymour would come out and give it up for once.
0: I know we had him on the show and MJ. Well, I mean it, it, it's it's the seventy eight, but. Well that I'm was not
1: the
2: first I, rewind.
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it is because, and I'll I'll say this, this this rewind that I used, the one that I had wound for the fair warning video is I I think is the same pickup that was in for the van for Van Halen 2. I think it's the I think it's the early J-B. it's the early JB. It's the one with the huge coil offsets. It's like a 16.5% offset between the slug and the screw coil. It's massive. So you get that bite and that brightness, but you get the drive of a, of a it's a 15 and a half K pickup. Mm-hmm. And I had one of those in like 1981. It came out of a celebrity guitar. Um, a buddy of mine at a music store handed it to me. He said, Hey, I just did this pickup swap out for this guy. He gave me, he wanted DeMarzio super distortion in this, in this guitar. And it came out of, I think it was that one. I have two of these and it came out of an Explorer. Um, and that was my favorite pickup forever it it was it had t-top bobbins on it it had a stubby little magnet in it short a5 I'm sure it was a short a5 Mm -hmm. and that thing you if if you disconnect it and read the coils it was the oddest strangest thing you ever saw and it measured huge and I and I had this pickup and it had the Gibson patent sticker on it you know it was it was a t-top it was a Mm -hmm. t-top that somebody had rewound and it was As I had gone further through this, especially for this fair warning video, I had suspected this for a long time. But as I got, as I got really into this, I started doing some research and it turns out that that was pretty damn close to what the original JB spec was when, when Seymour was just winding. When you couldn't buy him, it was this really big offset coil thing, at least, I mean, if you can believe what you read on the internet. So. My theory was, like when I did the Van Halen two video, I used an antiquity JB, but right. I was also using the Schaefer wireless system because that's that was an integral part of the tone.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And my my theory. All right, so 70 '80s on tour, you see the Japan photos. You see the the GE10, the Boss GE10 EQ at the mid boost you know, he's talking about long cable runs and I'm thinking a lot of that was trying to make up for the, the squeaky thinness of the, of the wireless system because, yeah, as, because as soon as the 79 tour comes out, there's no more EQ in the system.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, you don't see any of that, that it, it's, because he's got a hotter pickup he's got a meatier fuller pickup than just that paf that you know the paf sounds great when you plug a cable into it but when you when you try to run it through a wireless you need to beef it back up with the eq and again theory and speculation but that's why i think that that wind happened somewhere somewhere after that 78 tour and before van halen 2. That's, again, that's the theory.
2: Well, it's sort of interesting because, uh, I mean, there was a, a thing posted recently of the receipt selling Van Halen some pickups, and, of course, the numbers are black are blacked out, ret- redacted out of it. Um, but it did say PAFs. Right, two PAFs. But it doesn't say it, they're, it's blacked out what the coils were wound to. Uh-huh and uh what does that mean who knows you know
1: well and that's and that's why i always theorize too that that the 61 paf would have had a short a5 magnet in it
2: yeah you
1: know i mean more than likely would have had a short a5 but then the a2
2: stuff comes in there somewhere too
1: i'm not sure because what i've got in this pickup is a short a5 and you know I have tried and tried and tried with the A2 mags, with the with the Frankenstein, you know, the EVH Frankenstein wind. That custom, doesn't
2: sound very good, though.
1: The custom, custom.
2: Yeah, which EVH Frankenstein
1: creative. wind. When a custom, custom to me starts sounding good is when you put the the A5 in it, because then it, it, it's like you pulled the blanket off of it. Yeah. You know. So.
2: Well, then it's becoming becoming more closer to a custom. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I know. It's the same wine. It's just different magnets. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good and then question. you go to
1: 84 and he's in the, you know, drop dead legs, um, hot for teacher, girl gone bad. If you believe what you read and if you use your ears, that's that V with a with a PAF in it.
2: But, but old PAFs can very well have Alnico too.
1: Yeah, yeah, they can. So,
2: so you know, there's that. So, no, I don't disagree with anything. And and you. and later on, I mean, the Wolfgang pickups are A twos.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The 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 um pretty sure the PV pickup was A two, wasn't it? Hey, I'm not sure on that one. The I can't, the can't remember the
1: Marzio, the Blucher, Steve Blucher pickup. Well,
2: no well, Blucher. Oh, who knows? That was, about that was that the Ernie that
1: ball. ball. That was the Ernie Ball, wasn't it?
2: yeah the bluecher pickup came about from a JB yeah that was wound to simulate the shorted coil jB
1: that's the a5 yeah uh,
2: maybe you
1: know I, and, and a lot of that I think the a2 also might coincide with the um with the, the 5150 amp change I mean look where he ran maybe. his treble. look where he ran his treble knob it was treble knob was on what about five and a half or six?
2: You know the funny thing is I've always been a big fan of the old um, Tom Holmes design '57 classic Gibson pickups. Oh yeah, and those are a two pick, a two mags. But that pickup sounds great for the Van Halen kind of thing. It does, and um, I that's what I er, like a million years ago, uh, late '80s, early '90s. That's what I always used because it was a Gibson PAF, right? And that's what you could buy at the time. And the fifty seven classic, oh yeah, we put that in the guitars. Yeah, that was that was cool. I, it sounded good, and and funny. I bought one years later. I am like, oh yeah, I still like this pickup.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I had in the in the black and white striped one. to call it the seventy eight model, whatever that I built. Um, I had a a, a neck fifty seven classic. I had like a seven point eight k wind fifty seven. That thing sounded amazing. Yeah. I ended up I ended up with the burst bucker and that's like an eight K burst bucker and I liked I like the burst bucker because it had a little bit of bite from the offset coil thing. Yeah. A little bit more bite than the 57 did. And the fifty seven got a little too bloomy in the bottom. It got a little too Soft. bloomy. No, it was it was it it got it was too much. It was a little just yeah. too beefy for that for the first album kind of sound. Yeah. So that's how I ended up with the burst bucker. But yeah. It's a great sounding pickup.
2: But I mean, cool. you know, he used mighty mites, maybe distortions at different times. He used all sorts <laughs> of crap different times. I mean, in Pete's in in Pete and mine video about the pickups, uh you know, you listen to it. The mighty mite that we someone loaned us the the that mighty mite that we put in there. Holy crap, that sounded amazing! Oh, I
1: know, I love this. I, love I mean, that was a great
2: hot mighty mite. Was awesome.
1: This thing is the. Was was the greatest sounding pickup until that one coil opened. Yeah, up. because oh. the it was it was somewhere. we yeah,
2: could probably fix that up for you. Just like he could, he could literally just keep the original coil and then maybe maybe just unwind the one coil and use the exact period wire for it. Yeah. And, that's
1: oh, what Wade, I need.
0: Wait over Motor City. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's what I need to have done because that thing compared to a, it's like taking the blanket off of a of a Super D. You know, they yeah. sound, it sounded so much more open, but it had all that. It had the grit and the grind. It was, yeah. it was good. Good pickup.
2: Yeah, totally. Really good. So, and the, you know, the it's funny, the funny the one thing one. is even when we did that pickup shootout, you know, the, the, the brand new Demarzio super distortion that we shoved in Pete's Ibanez uh-huh. it sounded
0: fine. It sounded yeah, good. good. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like no, some people, all oh, the old, the old ones and the new ones and the old ones and the new ones. Well, okay, yes, they'll sound different, sure. But every old one actually sounds different, also. Yeah. Some aren't good and some are good, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think I, I don't know, the new one's fine.
1: The new one is fine, and the old ones, yeah. if you find a good one, they howl like crazy. So. Well,
2: yeah, you got You have to whack, You have to pot yeah. them. Yeah, you have to pot them. So, yeah, that's that's I I mean, the one Pete has a gold guitar that has one in it, and that that guitar sounds amazing. Everything about it sounds good. It's not anything right, really. It's a basswood body, it has this, you know, this pickup in it. it, You know, it's not his favorite guitar, but it, it sounds great. And the other funny thing is, there are symmetrically perfect coils, so it we have a kind of a bad place here for um rf and pickup noise Mm -hmm. so in this building that pickup is the quietest pickup in the house because the coils are identical but so are all the pole pieces and everything about that pickup so like each Mm -hmm. coil is identical and the wind is to the t so it cancels completely yep um
1: and that's the problem with with this pickup that I just had wound,
2: yeah, it's a noisy but, as hell. Well, right? it's
1: not, it's not it's no, it's not outrageous, but it is. It, it's yeah. it's a noisier pickup than what yeah. most people closer are. to a single coil. Yep, it is. Yep, yeah, but sure. It, but it's it's killer. I mean, I it, that and the two fifty k pot when I dropped that pickup in, it was like, there it is, I got it. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: mm-hmm. another interesting thing too that we found out in the pickup video was that in the end. I think the last pickup was a Duncan 59. And the funny thing is, in the end, the Duncan 59, although it was a bit on the bright side, sounded fantastic.
1: They sound killer. And
2: and basically sounded like VH. But I think a Duncan 59 with the 250K pot would have been the key.
1: That is it. So because I've at-
2: done that with the Duncan 59 and that rolls yeah. a little of the crispy highs off of it that you, you think, Oh, that's kind of bright. Yeah. And then all of a sudden gives it kind of this more push in the low mid, like you kind of said. Hmm. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. And funny, funny thing is the, 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 the pickup still in the guitar that when Pete did the video last, we plugged it in today. And, uh, cause he was thinking of selling the guitar and uh, and I'm like, yeah, just leave that. It sounds great. <laughs> <They> <laughs> I do. mean, it really did. I plugged it into this vintage Marshall I was working on on my bench, and it was like, yeah, that sounds that sounds right.
1: Yeah, right. Eight, eight and a half K. Yeah. Uh, a five magnet. That's it.
2: I'm you can't serious. really go wrong with it. It sounds really no. good, actually. Yeah. No. And that's yeah. like
1: the generic PAF spec yeah. right there.
0: But it a... sounds better than some more expensive ones.
1: <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. I,
0: but if you I want think... to get a really good pickup, the PA, uh, the um, Bare Knuckle VH2 is really that good. is a
2: good pickup. Uh, I, I have it in a guitar. Uh, it it does have a pretty good offset in it. Um, it has a, a nice, crispy top. Yeah. And in fact, I want to try that pickup with the two fifty K. Now
0: that we're going and down it, this thing, yes.
1: And that's what you need. It's they get like you get nine K and above, they start getting a little too dark. You lose the, you lose mm-hmm. that bite. So if you do the big offset, then you can get the push, you can get the drive yeah. and then you can also get the bite. So that's, yeah. to me, that's the key.
0: Hmm. So, uh, say no to fizzle. Thanks again for your super chat. Um, have you tried a Seymour more Duncan brobucker? I have not. I have not I, yet.
1: I have not. I don't even know what the Brobucker is. Me either.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, he yeah, says certain- it's closer to EVH spec.
2: Well, she said that about the 78, too. So yeah, she did.
1: I, they keep saying that about every spec over there. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, I know. don't know what the truth is. I, I want to see the book. God damn it. <laughs> they were they were also supposed to come out with a uh, a pickup she talked about in our show, which was the I'm um, the one pickup.
1: The I am one. It's the I am one. Yeah. It's the it's the Frankenstein pickup again. It, it was my understanding it was initially offered with the a5 mag but then they started doing it with the degaust a2 hmm. so
2: which sounds kind me, of dull to me that pickup
1: i don't i don't i have tried and i have tried and i have tried so hard to make that pickup work i can i got four of them sitting here I, they're, yeah, not, in, they're not in anything so but in that
2: pickup that we did that I, to me that was almost one of the worst
1: yeah i i agree with you i think yeah. it's horrible Hmm. Yeah. Especially that's if you're going to turn the amp up, you know if, if you're uh, not custom, using the custom. bright camera in, in a Marshall. See, that's that's the, the, the custom, custom. Custom
2: is that amazing? I don't know. You know, here's the thing. Again, go go like the pickup shootout that we did, and you just hear it back to back, and we, that there's one in there. I liked so, it, and you know, I thought it sounded good. good. Yeah, I don't mm. think
0: Depends you the I don't, good good. Think, I don't think
2: you, you know, get the
1: bite though with it.
2: Here's the thing, it all depends on the guitar too. Yes, it does. What, what you know? I keep telling people this. Um, well, what's your body wood? What's your neck wood? What's your this and what's your that? Because what this pickup might be great in this maple guitar, but but you know, in the basswood guitar, it's kind of crappy. And in you know,
1: yeah, mahogany uh, or anything uh, like that. It's like eh. you know,
2: it's all it's all different. It's all Mm -hmm. different. I mean, my favorite wood is alder, to be honest. So, I mean, so I'll go against the grain completely. But for me, alder is the beautiful uh, middle ground to everything.
1: And it's It's not
2: super hard like maple (laughs) or or northern ash, right? And it's not soft like Mm basswood. So it's got more cut than basswood, but not quite as much cut as the other. So it's kind of right in the middle, and it's kind of an even frequency response Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so for me my favorite for van halen is an alder body maple neck guitar with the motor city second degree black belt but i say that for that specific setup Mm -hmm. it'll be different if i change the body wood. that that might that pickup might throw out the window and it's too much you know Right, right right
0: right so um I have not tried arcane uh, lavh pickup, but I have seen. I know Phil X. Uh, I don't. I, I
2: don't. I don't care for that one, but I like the um, triple clone that he has, which is a nine k uh, paf. That sounds great. Uh,
0: JS Guitar says the Brobucker is a super hot PF style pickup with a DC resistance of ten k. Okay. Well,
1: cool. That's. I mean, if it's got an offset coil at ten k, I think you could get there. But if it's, like I said, anything over, to me, anything over 9K with a Marshall Super lead on 10, when you're not using the bright cap, it starts to get too muddy. You start losing, you start losing the high end.
2: Well, yeah, but then you were using the uh, but you were using the offset JB ish wine, right? So.
1: Right. But what I'm saying is, anything at 9K that doesn't have a coil yeah. offset starts to get a little bit too dark, and anything above that, like that, the bucket at 10K.
2: It's interesting. I have a guitar sitting here that's a um, Charvel satin black uh, sassafras body wood, which is sort of like an ash, mm. supposedly with a fixed bridge with an ebony board and that has a JB in it and that particular guitar has all the cut you could ever want. Snappy
1: as hell, right? Snappy as hell.
2: Sounds mm-hmm. really good. Really, Abony. really ebony good. Ebony
1: and sassafras.
2: Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's a cool guitar Uh I love to have it around because I want a guitar that has, for a reference point, I want a JB mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. I actually grew up playing JBs Sure. And uh, I know that pickup really well, and I I like its sound. Uh, and it it does pretty well in Marshalls, except it tends to be a little slightly looser in the low end. Um, but in this particular guitar, not so much, but
1: right, yeah. If you got like a Northern Ash body too with a maple cap fingerboard, I don't think, right, I don't get loose with the JB. I mean, to me, they're a little, they're a little too dark. And that's why I, that's why I did the wine or I had the wine done that I did. Yeah. It's, it it's got all the magic of the JB, but the bite, it's got the bite too that you need.
2: The interesting thing is I, I remember I had Jakey Lee's personal guitar in here and it has a JB, but with an Alnico two magnet in it done by Duncan. And I then had a, a, one of his, uh, his uh, signature guitars also here at the same time, which had a regular JB. And yes, there was different neck woods involved in these two guitars, but I have to say that the El two one sounded better than the stock JB. And it wasn't quite what you expected. <laughs> it was interesting. It was almost like, I'm not even sure... What kind of Gauss this A2 had? It might be might have been weakened A2 mm-hmm. or something, Right. but it was really good. And then Warren D Martini also used A2 mm. in JB's, so that was a common thing that they did. I wonder it if
1: that's I wonder if that's like compensating for the two fifty K pot. I know, I know it's Maybe that's a 500k <laughs> pot.
2: So I don't I, know, try whatever you want and try whatever pot you want and figure out if you like it. Exactly. I mean, that's
1: what that's what it comes down to. And and again, the differences are so subtle between A2 A5 short A5. You know, short A5 sounds a lot like an A2.
2: Yeah. They hmm. really
1: do. So, yeah. I mean So Yeah, that, and
2: also the gauss of the A2 will, will you know, the gauss of any magnet also comes into play, so Right. How charged is it or how not charged is it?
1: Right.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. Mr. Anderson, thanks for the super chat. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best sounding PFs available today are the Gibson custom buckers with A3 mags. I have a custom ordered true historic R8, and these pickups sound better than some of my original PFs. Hmm. I've not heard That's of those either. A3 mags, huh?
3: Yeah.
0: It's kind of an interesting one for a PF. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh,
2: cool. Yeah. would like to hear it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Kelly says, the Arcane Mr. Scaries are the bomb. (laughs) Okay. I see uh, George selling those sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look cool. Uh, JL with a super chat, and I see it right here. Thanks, JL. Hey, guys. uh, Why do most companies, Friedman, Sir, EVH, Fryer, blah, 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 only make straight cabs? Is it because it's a little more time-consuming to make a slant cab? Hmm. Not well, it's
2: well, okay. I've been considering making a slant cab recently, but to be honest, uh, because I made it, I just because I liked straights better. Mm. <laughs> I mean, nothing more than that, you know. But recently, I've been kind of like, well, maybe we'll just offer a slant. Um, I mean, both can be good. Uh, again, it's, I, I, I think straights are fuller sounding, so. I like that better.
0: Hmm. So Jim, I had a question for you regarding your uh, fifty-one fifty. What would did you choose for that for the body?
1: Um, I'm drawing a blank. It's the one that Kramer was using. It's um, basswood. No, poplar. Uh, poplar. It's poplar. Poplar. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's right. I, I've never been able to to make that guitar sound really good. Mm. I mean, I. I've I've cycled so many pickups through that guitar. Um, it never sounds good at D flat.
3: Hmm.
1: E, I'm sorry, E flat. Never good. Never sounds good right. at E flat. Um, it only sounds good at standard tuning. Otherwise, it gets way too mushy, loses all its articulation and definition. So I don't know. I'm, I'm confused on that one. I heard that. You know, you hear
2: all kinds of things about that
0: guitar. guitar. Yeah, the, the 50 foot. It's so speculated because no one really knows and he's it's not no, the guitar
2: it. that was actually made for him wasn't wasn't actually it wasn't like a beretta per se it was right. a no it was a one-off was straight and and it wasn't angled and and the uh, i mean the, the necks were similar to the very first berettas which were the holy grail known as the holy grail berettas mm-hmm. which i have one um the long story though it's kind of in a disarray at this moment but <laughs> the, i'm trying i'm trying to actually restore it but Um, in fact, John, sir, if you're listening, I'm going to fucking hit you up on that (laughs) (laughs) because, uh, it's a project for you. Um, uh, the, you know, most of the early Kramers were either poplar or hard maple or maple (laughs) bodies. So I have a pacer here. That's a maple body. And it's probably early on the Kramer, early Kramer. Yeah, early Kramer. So it was yeah. it was either poplar. I mean, my early Beretta is poplar, mm-hmm. but the pacer is maple. So it's super cutting.
1: And that's what I think that guitar was. Um, I think it was the maple body.
2: Who knows? Yeah, I don't but, know. But but they said later. They said later when they analyzed that guitar, it was basswood. Who is knows? There a big what they difference made between
1: basswood and poplar, though. Not
2: much weird. of a difference between yeah. basswood and poplar, depending on how the density of the basswood. Uh, some basswood is woods. really, really, it's basically balsa wood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it is. It's super soft and you screw yeah. strip out.
0: Yeah. It's, I don't. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen the his the bottom of his 5150 with all those holes drilled out of it and shit? Yeah. It's, sure. un- it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Maybe that's I mean, that was like probably almost probably, unplayable probably, at, in the end.
0: Yeah, that's it's like probably, chambered. It's uh, like,
1: <laughs> but that's probably telling us something. It's it's probably soft, super soft yeah. wood. So it, yeah. it's probably not the maple. It probably is the when
2: model. when I when I knew that, that people saw that guitar, and when they were starting to develop the music band guitar, it was a. I was told it was a basswood body, and a JB that had a sh- partially shorted coil. Mm-hmm at that point how there long any, that, the
0: music man he said no. the, the
2: 5150 guitar oh the 5150 okay so yeah yeah so i don't know yeah the, 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 that's how the music man they they saw the pickup they it's tom anderson saw the guitar too and it was a jb yeah well that's that's the rumor. A properly I... working jb but it was a JB. that's that's
1: in most corners of of rational internet speak, that's what its it's been. The JB is what yeah. was kind of said that was put in that guitar. But
0: yeah, I think the new Wolfgangs or the newer Wolfgangs, like my EVH, were made out of basswood also.
2: Yeah,
0: like all the of, all
2: yeah. the yeah all the the cheaper line. Yeah, all all of them were
0: basswood now. Mm-hmm. But this is a USA. But still, I think I still think the USA was made but with even the, even the cheap uh, the cheap ones are basswood. Yeah the, Ernie
1: Ball. yeah, the Ernie Ball too. The Music Man is
2: basswood with a yeah, maple but slap. it had a maple cap though. Yeah, yeah a maple slam. Right. 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 yep. Well, I Definitely. mean, that's there's a big difference there.
1: Yep, there is. But, I mean, it it, it's, like, lottery, it's like it's so. like the difference <laughs> between
2: an all mahogany Les Paul or a a, a, a mahogany uh, Les Paul with a maple cap. Yeah,
0: a I mean, it's night different town. Night and day. Yeah, and by the way. Um, you know, I know you mentioned you have an Ibanez, uh, V there, but didn't the, isn't the, uh, uh a Greco?
1: yeah, that's a Greco that's yeah. hanging on the wall. I don't know
0: that sounded know. phenomenal, man. That in yeah. that recording also, it sounded great.
1: Yeah. I took the, uh, I think in the original, that first, that first video, I think I had the demarzio super distortion. Then I did the follow up video with the same, everything set up the same in the room, same amp up everything. Um, I did the super 70 versus the, versus the Demarzio super distortion. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And in the, in the unofficial poll, the super distortion is winning, but you know, I, there's certain things about that super 70 pickup that I just think are fabulous. It sounds so good. It could be as much as a, it's, it's just a, an EQ tweak and you get Mm -hmm. that, you get all that drive and that, that beautiful top end sparkle that that thing's got. You know, I don't know, still undecided on what that was, but I know you see the, you see the 78 pictures from Japan and he's, he's holding the, the shark up in the, you know, in that high rise building or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: got the covered humbucker in it. It doesn't have a super distortion. It. It's got the covered.
0: It's a covered humbucker.
1: It's a covered humbucker. It's a nickel covered humbucker in there. So
0: I don't remember that. Huh. Who knows?
1: Yeah. You, you, and, and he, and that's the other thing too he switched that crap all the time constantly constantly tinkering so i don't think you can go wrong either way you just got to find what works for you really
0: yeah totally uh by the way um everybody check out sweetwater all right they are a sponsor for our show we have an affiliate link in our description below so For the holidays make sure you guys check out uh sweetwater use our link purchase things uh get gifts for your your you know your friends family um and we appreciate it um also
2: buy us gifts
0: buy us gifts. (laughs) 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 yeah i have a register i have a registry uh it's on reverb uh that's that's funny it's awesome um jim's channel it's just called jim uh, Gostad, Gostad, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, Jim Gostad. Is, I I think that's how YouTube catalogs me.
0: Yep, yep. So, that's what I looked up. And uh, definitely check out Jim's channel and subscribe, please. Um, you gonna do some more?
1: Yes, more than likely. I keep getting prodded, and what else do I have to do?
0: Honestly, you're gonna, send
1: me, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna send me that box of six CA sevens. Somebody's gonna send me a Karina V, and we're gonna do 1984.
0: So, uh, <laughs> oh boy
1: <laughs> no i said you know I, I can circle back I, there's a i'd like to touch on uh women and children first because most of that is hardtail tail. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that the chris Holmes uh destroyer and the shark yeah um, and, I, and I think uh like everybody wants some is the is the um the lots of Reaver. baby DeMarzis, the lots of rivers it's cool sound. I mean, that, that's an aggressive, cool sound. That's that's the end of the JBLs, and I think that's just straight ass greenbacks going on that one. It's, I think it sounds killer. So that one's fun. So I might circle back and grab a couple of those too. But we'll see. And are are you
0: planning of... on going through? Are you planning on going through like the other Sammy albums, or is yeah. it really just the six pack?
1: To me, to me, that starts to get, you know, like Dave was saying. So if he's if he's in the studio and he's he's miking up the wet, he's miking up the loaded system with the 949s and the yeah. SDE 3000s and all that stuff through the H&H. I think that's kind of it's kind of I mean, it's cool. It is what it is, but it's kind of missing what I was what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to come at this from what he was doing as a, as a young upstart broke musician, making, oh. making it work with what he had and making and, and, you know, making sounds and tones that we all fell in love with. And, you know, so you start getting it. That's, and that's to me, 1984 is kind of the turning point, you know, fair warning was bad enough where they spent a lot of time in the studio and started screwing around and, you know, cocaine fueled, anger fueled, whatever was going on there. 1984 is even wilder you know there's he, now he's in his own place and it's totally different setup and hours and hours and hours to screw around it's all different so right i don't yeah. know i mean this the speculation i'm doing on this stuff is on the stuff i've done to date is not that it's easy to do but at least it's you can kind of channel it and get it into the track based on what you know that he had Now, when you get beyond those albums, it's like, who the hell knows? I mean, really, who the hell knows?
0: This is an interesting point. The Zero demos, those Gene Simmons demos uh, sound entirely different. Yep, they do. Than than the first album. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy how different it sounds. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it still sounds great, but it doesn't sound as monstrous and doesn't it's not as unique of a tone
1: well that's the question i wanted to ask dave um the live rig i mean Mm -hmm. before you know before the before your time i guess working with them, but just the the stock marshall rig the whole the whole daisy chaining you know the Was there a line out? Was there a transformed line out that was then driving the other amplifiers?
2: Not, not according to Rudy Laren.
1: No. Okay. That's because that's the. Uh, It was
2: one. It essentially the tone was one amp, one cab, Mm -hmm. pedal board, one amp, one cab. The, um, the uh, Univox Echo was patched in only for eruption. Right. And. He also had a different input that he'd plug into for eruption with an EQ in the path, which was more gain. Mm-hmm. But then we'd go back to the normal setup. And, uh, and it was one amp, one cab. If he wanted more cabinets, he'd add more amps.
1: Well, and that's where you start seeing... That, the- that was
2: words from Rudy Laren. So now wh- how accurate that is or not, I don't know, but I tend to believe him. Yeah, um, you know, I would
1: too. And, and you know, Ed never complained about hearing loss, right?
2: Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Later days, yeah, there was some yeah, maybe, loss, maybe,
1: but. Yeah, maybe so. But sure. I, it seemed like I think that, you know, you take a half stack in a big room, it's loud.
2: But it's it's not. A, with a Variac at at ninety, maybe not.
1: Right. It's it, you're, especially you're if playing. it's a big
2: room. Right. But you're it's, playing it's along
1: bad. with the right. You're playing along with yeah. the drummer, and it's not yeah. bad. You know. Yeah. But when you're talking about daisy chaining this and daisy chaining that, and amp after amp after amp and cabinet.
2: Well, that came I, with bigger stages.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm, all right. Well, that's what I guess. That's what I'm wondering about. What that rig was. It,
2: it's all, it all it's all a little speculative like for instance when you you talked about him saying that one of his amps had less power than the other with a mm-hmm. with the the thing that looked like the stick of dynamite mm-hmm. I don't believe that that was um slaved into the front of another amp I, I just it I doesn't work it, for, it doesn't it, work very well.
1: I don't think it was either. I wonder um, if, if, if that was the transformed.
2: What I what I think that was was literally a load resistor plugged into the other speaker jack. And if you do that, that's a parallel. That's a parallel attenuator, mm. and it will knock down your volume if you just plug it in. Yeah, that's right.
1: You know,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll knock down your volume if you just plug it in.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, so you'll you'll lose a little volume right there. Boom. Done. Yeah. And the whole, the whole thing was originally it was to lose volume. Mm-hmm. Right. In the clock.
0: Exactly. And things. Because it was too loud. Yep. It was loud. Uh, Turn the cabinet
2: it. backwards. Put a blanket over it. Uh, you know, variac it down.
0: All that. Yep. Patrick Miller, thanks for the super chat. Dave, after you restored the Marshall from EVH, did you get to hear him play through it? Was he involved in the nuances of the restoration? Uh, No. Uh, But what he did
2: say about it was it was the best it sounded in 20 years. So he liked it. He had kind of moved on from that tone, though. Uh, Whether he should have or not, that's a different story. But um, he had moved on from that. He wanted more. The, the The thing about him is he always wanted more, more of everything. More, more, mm-hmm. more, more. Uh, So more gain, more, more gain, more, more stuff. Gnarlier, bigger, more. If it, there's a pot, turn it all the way up. <laughs> it's just the way it was.
0: And, and it goes into, he loved, you know, he loved cars. He loved, fat, you know, the, yeah, the whole. It's like, yeah. Part I don't the, know. The, I don't know if he team. really even realized what he made. You know
2: what? What he? You know, he he didn't love that tone. He was always searching for something more. Uh, 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 he never got anything more because that was the best tone ever. Yeah, so in, <laughs> in <so>. the <laughs> history in the history of all guitar, that might have been the best tone ever. Yeah, um, exactly. There's very few signature tones. Uh. <laughs> like I'll um I always say this, it's like if people move on and they move on to new things and then all of a sudden their tone's gone. It yeah. happened million people. Ty Tabor from King's X. <clears throat> the the original Gretchen goes to Nebraska tone. Fantastic. That was all the lab series thing with his the weird fender elite preamp with the the lace sensor pickups and all this stuff that was a tone that was a signature tone you cannot mistake it you listen to that record to this day and it's like holy crap that's amazing you know um a lot i mean lots of uh, i mean like all those greats at the time had really kind of a lot of times unique tones warren D. Martini had a unique tone
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh and a great tone um George Lynch, uh, depending on the record, <laughs> not all of them uh, had a great tone. Uh, under Lock and Key, per- particularly for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, funny thing—the only one that's still using any of that gear is George Lynch. <laughs> yeah, he's still v- vintage amps, cool vintage Marshalls. I saw some... uh, <laughs> a wet-dry rig that he's using, and it just sounds—it still sounds great.
1: Well, that yeah. It... Kicks the ass off all the camper modeling this and yeah,
2: that.
1: Totally. oh god! I mean, yeah. I just I don't know why guys want to play that way. I mean, I get I get the ease of mobility moving it around from gig to gig, but my god, you want to have some enjoyment while you're playing? Jeez. Yeah, it's, yeah. It,
0: it, it Live, I would never use a camper, you know. In my in my living room where I'm just fucking around in front of the house in my TV, yeah, it's really easy, but. Um, oh and Jakey e. Lee I yeah Jake had Jake serious, had great tone great tone great tone uh speaking of Jake I mean we a were, lot
2: of those guys did it, it was it was an era when it, it was an era when you had to well you had nothing and you had to find unique ways to get something so yeah. it was an era of experimentation right and that led to Great, I mean it's a Richie Blackmore with the tape oh, machine was, in front of the, in front of the Marshall. Uh, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean about, that
2: that was a unique thing. You know,
1: that's that's what again. That's what I was weaned on. How about that when he's in the he's in the neck pickup when he's going into that intro to the Highway Star solo on Made in Japan, and that thing is just wailing. He's, just, he's yeah, the yeah, hard before yeah. He, before he comes up on the neck. It's like what a tone that is. Oh my god, mm-hmm. killer. Just
2: kill it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, now no one no one gets great sounds anymore. No one
0: I I mean I wouldn't say no they one. They have more
2: it's... they have they have more things to they have amps that can create cool sounds. Now it's easier to do it, but it seems like sometimes the time isn't taken to actually get it. I think,
1: I think you gotta move a little air too. I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: of course.
1: I, I hate I hate to say it, but you know, club owners, you know, they aren't letting you do it anymore. Or you yeah. got or you get you know, you get shit thrown at you or you just do it anyway. Well now. that's
0: what's driving these these modeling things in front yeah. of house, you know, pl- plugging in front of house and all that stuff. Just no 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 cabs, uh no, no stage volume. volume. Just awful. Yeah <laughs> it's, it sucks. It sucks. Not,
1: not for me. No.
0: Nope. Um. So I, I I. It's getting late. I got to run. Um. So I, our next show is January seventh. Uh, with Jeff Pilsen. Cool. So that'll be a great show. We're looking forward to that. Um. And like I said, check out Sweetwater. And oh, we just got a super chat. Right at the last minute, Jamie Tyson, big thanks today for recommending a transformer for my junk box 50 watt plexi. It's just the right one. LOL, that is a good reason. <laughs> cool. I don't really remember this, but okay. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for sending that in. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I mean, long live Ed uh, and his music. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I know we all are. Uh, Jim, I love your passion. For it and uh, dedication to trying to get the tone, I want everybody to check out Jim's show and check out his, uh you know, his channel and please subscribe to it. Okay. Um. And everybody have a great holiday and happy New Year. All right. Make sure you guys are safe with all the craziness going on out there in the world and be healthy and happy. And I'm staying home. Yeah. Me too. That's where I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. So enjoy your food and your family. And I haven't got brain. the virus yet. I'm trying not to. <laughs> Same here, man. I'm, a,
1: so I'm going to Kid Rock's big honky-tonk at Steakhouse, so I'll, I'm getting the virus. Fuck it. I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, stay healthy, man. Um, <laughs> and uh, hang on while we say goodbye, Jim, all right? All right. Um, and everybody have a great, great weekend yeah, and, and holiday. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Take care. See you.